Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crunwell, here with Paul, Mr. Judy Alvarez. Is that her last name? Yes, it is. Roscoff. Yeah, how are you doing, sir? Doing well. Happy to be on with my favorite choom. Which, uh, <laughs> for all you you cyberpunk fans <laughs> means yeah, you've, been, you've been playing a lot so i can't wait like last week i think i mentioned i wanted to hear some thoughts on side quests and i know you've played one that i really want to talk about so we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but i know people are really excited we have the uh, horizon forbidden west code giveaway we'll do that in just a moment we'll do that here at the beginning of the show but we are really excited. We're going to have our first Pretty Pixels meetup, kind of. Not meetup. It's not like a public meetup. So we're not like, come meet us for a drink kind of thing. But I think we've we've talked about it previously on the show. But we're all sort of geographically separated. We're spread across the Midwest. So Paul is in Nebraska. Tab is in Iowa. I'm in northern Illinois in a small town called Sycamore. Ron is in Chicago. So we're all kind of over the place. Um, but next week we're all getting together except for Ron, Ron, you know, we hate you, Ron. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we're all getting together in Iowa and we're going to go see the Batman. So Woo! I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have seen it. You have not, but, and I feel bad. There was some miscommunication. I didn't realize that we were supposed to see it together for the first time. So I went and saw it in theaters on day one by myself and, so I don't want to say too much about it. We will probably have like a segment on a upcoming show where we talk more about it when we've all seen it. But this is not a review of the movie, but the theater was maybe like 60% full when I went, which is like, this is only the third time I've gone to the movie since the pandemic started. And the first two times the theater was virtually empty. Like one time it was empty. The other time there were like two people. This time it was like 60% full. And before the movie started, I was a little bit nervous that you know, because I, I, I get social anxiety and, and the movie theater is not great for that because I am I also get very angry when people are like talking and checking their cell phones during movies and stuff. And so it can really take me out of a movie if people are being inconsiderate. And before the movie started, like through the previews and everything, there's this whole row up front of like young people. I don't want to say I don't know if they were teenagers or not, but like they were pretty young. And which is not a problem, not trying to just be like, oh, fucking teenagers, (laughs) but like they were so loud and there was a whole row of them. So they were shouting over to like talk to their friend who's like seven seats down. And so and like I said, through the previews and everything. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be such a bad experience. And then the movie starts and immediately everyone's so quiet and like the entire audience just enraptured the entire time. The only sound. And again, this is not a review. The only sound, and it was pretty loud and distracting because it was the guy that was next to me who was two seats down, was the loud snoring of a man who slept through <laughs> 60% of the movie. <laughs> I was like, how are you sleeping through this? Like, there were parts that were so loud. And I think he would wake up. And like his friend, he was with a friend. And like his friend wasn't waking him up. I'm like, but he would be sleeping through it. And then, again, like this scene, big chase scene or something would be really loud. And then the, the snoring would, would settle. And then five minutes later, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't imagine. I am. I have trouble sometimes sleeping in my own bed, so <laughs> I can't imagine sleeping. Have you ever fallen asleep in the theater? Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Once>. wow. <laughs> I did once. It was um, I was so tired 
and um, we went to see The Grinch, like the Bandit Cumberbatch one, which I actually, we really like. We had a really fun time with it, and we watch it every, like, every other Christmas. Like, it's one of the ones that's not in every year, but it is in, you know, somewhat regularly. So we do love it. But uh, I, we were parked right under, like, a, a, the heating vent, and we were in the back oh. corner, and it was kind of like the quiet beginning exposition-y part. And there was, like, a 10-minute period where I went... <sighs> <laughs> and I just fell asleep. My mom, I get this from my mom. She does this with every movie that I've ever shown her, um, where she's just out, you know, right away. And we went to we went to see, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, one of the most hotly anticipated, you know, movies ever. Um, big conclusion to the new Star Wars, you know, trilogy. And um, yeah, five minutes into the movie. She- <laughs> Sleep and she slept for like the entire two and a half hours. And no. she woke up and she was like, Oh, oh, <laughs> she woke up and she's like, This is he is Babu Freak. And you're like, oh, You don't even, you don't know, you don't know Babu Freak. Go like back I to do. Sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I bet you don't she's even like, know. Hey. <laughs> I didn't recognize C3PO with his red arm. Um, that's from Force Awakens, but. Uh, mom let me tell you about this dagger it perfectly lines up with like this star <laughs> destroyer that's in the ocean critical information you needed to yeah you, without that the whole movie falls apart so it's the key <laughs> <laughs> the movie rests on a knife's edge but like a very weirdly shaped knife yeah <laughs> now that i'm like now I, but but they with that movie slight spoilers of when well, i just you know i mean slight spoilers most people have probably seen it but the the movie opens with palpatine but now i'm imagining if it didn't and she woke up and just palpatine's there she's like where the fuck did palpatine come from <laughs> <laughs> but no the movie literally starts like ah remember me so you know. yeah she woke up and thought that we had finished that movie and started return of the jedi <laughs> <laughs> Oh, J.J. Abrams. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, I I really like that movie. I, it's not there. It does some things that I think are unforgivable in terms of like storytelling um, that still irk me, but I still really like. I think there's a lot of stuff to Babu Freak among hey, them. Any any movie know. that has Babu Freak in it, I mean yeah. that that gets you from a zero to like an eight out of ten at least, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, that's a starting point. Yeah. Then that everything else is negotiable. But as soon as he's like, I'm Babu Freak, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're like, amen. And then the other thing is I I got... So I've talked on the podcast before about my love for not only Resident Evil Village, but Helena Mankowska, the face model who plays Lady Dimitrescu, because I love Lady Dimitrescu. And um, I follow her on Instagram, and she'll do these like live signings occasionally where she signs stuff and sends it out. And I've watched a few, and I've just... She's so nice she's like really obviously obviously nothing like lady d she's so so nice and she like does you know a lot of the signing she'll like put a a poor seeds uh, a poor seeds a portion of the proceeds i'm just combining words here (laughs) um to like charity or something like that and so she was doing one for uh i think a a sick child or something like that and i was like yeah you know maybe this is a good time for me to get a print so i ordered a print but the thing is, like, it asks you if you have any notes for them. And that's where you're supposed to be like, please write step on me, mommy, or something like that. <laughs> and she's so good. Like, in the signing videos that she does, like, live on Instagram, she she loves all the stuff that people will be like, please say, like, 
you know, mommy milkers or something. And she's like, oh, you guys. And she's like laughing and stuff. And so she's always like game to like write these really silly things in character as Lady D. And so I just sort of left it blank because I was thinking, I kind of want to see what she does, like see what fun Lady D thing that she like, you know, uses. And she wrote, dear Joey, go for it. Never give up. And remember, it's your choice and no one else's. Much love. Elena Mankowska and I was like what, what? that is not, that's not, <laughs> wow. it's, it is so sweet and so <laughs> nice is. but I'm like it's also not it's like there's I was like she's gonna be like you stupid man thing or something <laughs> and maybe I should have written that but like a lot of the messages that she writes on stream are something like that and so then I'm like well why did she write something so like nice and supportive and I think it's because my name is because I go by Joey and so that sounds like a child and she's like a mom. So she's probably thinking I'm like a little kid, like, hello, Miss, Miss Helena. You know what I mean? And she's like, oh, this little kid needs some support. So now I need to write back in and be like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a dirty old man. Like, please write something about stepping on. Please, de you know, dehumanize, demean me. But she's doing one soon with the, um, with Maggie Robertson, the voice actress as well. They're doing a co-signing. And I'm like, damn, I just spent all this money on this print. So I don't know if I'm going to do it. But man, that would be cool. Because I because I think combined with yeah, obviously like you have the face actress who was such a big part of the success. And then the voice actress who's also the physical actress, like such an amazing pair. So I, I might do I might I might bite the bullet and do it. But this time, please step on me. Chase me. Bite, <laughs> bite me. Can I can I see it? Um, Did you? Oh, did yeah, you yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um what? obviously our listeners can't see, but when she was doing it, you can choose. Could you see that, or was it too reflective? No, it, I could see it. Let me describe okay. it. Let me put you listeners. Oh, sure. yeah. Behind my eyes, you have these two side by side images. Of are they both of Lady D or is it Lady D and then yeah the two uh, two Lady Ds yeah two Lady D excellent two beautiful like very film noir femme fatale you know sort of shots of lady d and the middle with this like silver sharpie it looks like very reflective very aesthetically pleasing you have this yeah this beautiful enthusiastic message to joey which like i know joey didn't want this necessarily as a first but pick. i appreciated it but see. yeah but i think yeah exactly i think you appreciate it and i appreciate it too like as something that I would have in my house. Like I would look at that every day and I'd feel really good about myself and I'd be motivated to, you know, to do the things I want to do and achieve the goals that I'm striving for. So what a, what a treasure, what a treasure, Joey. I'm so yeah. glad you got that. I, cause there were several images that you can choose from and I was torn because this one, um, one of the pictures of lady D is from the game. It's the, the model, the render of her face. And then one is actually Helena Mankowska in lady D cosplay. So she like dressed up in like a Lady D dress and a big hat and she took a bunch of pictures. So it's like you get the real Lady D and the the digital Lady D. But there's another one that I wanted. And the reason I didn't get it is because I did want like a picture of her, of Helena. Um, but there's a picture that's a, it's a reprint of the painting of Lady D from the game, which is this massive like two story painting, this oil painting. And it's so beautiful. And wow. I'm like, one of these days when I'm rich, I'm going to have someone literally paint that for me or i'm gonna pay for a two-story print of this because <laughs> uh it's so it's so beautiful but um 
but yeah, so those are, I know, you see, I, I feel bad now because I'm like, oh, we're going to do the giveaway and now people had to listen to me go on about my print, but let's, let's get to the getaway. So yeah. the, the getaway, the getaway, <laughs> the PlayStation 2 game that was a GTA competitor. Um, wasn't that a, that was a game, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was like that driver. There was like a lot of GTA clones at the time. Yes. But um, let's get let's get to the giveaway. So we got a lot of great emails. So thank you for everyone who entered and such such lo- said such lovely things. Like I asked, I always said just send us an email. It could say anything. It could just say hi. But there were some really nice sweet sentiments in there. People were telling me um, about how much they loved the first game and everything. So I was genuinely really excited. I didn't I didn't respond to them because I kept thinking like I'll I'll just wait until we get closer. But so I do apologize for that. But there were there were a lot, and I again I was super super touched with with how many people sent sent it in and said said really nice things. So just a reminder for how we chose a winner. Uh, I mentioned this last week, but we did the same thing we did with our video game draft episode. There was a there's a ran, there's a website called miniwebtool.com, and they have like different little tools, and one of them is a random picker where you just write out a list of the things you want it to pick from. And with the previous episode, it was just our names. Um, but with this one, I just put all of the names of the people who entered. And then it spits out a random uh, entry from that list. So that's how we picked the names. Um, in the future, because as I was doing it, I was like, "Is it? would it be more exciting to do it like live on the episode to get like a hat with like names or something? But we'll we'll figure that out for next time. But we didn't do that for this drawing. We just used that, that web tool. And... I have an exciting announcement for those people who entered. What's better than one Horizon Forbidden West code to give away? But two. Tab. Oh! Yeah. Tab very generously donated their code because we both ended up with an extra code. And so I was like, I have two digital code. Like, you know, it'd be great to give one away. And Tab was like, I also have a digital code. Do you, do you want mine? And I was like, that's amazing because as I was going through the emails, on the one hand, I was like, what a great idea. I love that we did this because I, I'm getting to hear from fans and like getting he, he, like hear from listeners. I, I feel weird saying fans like I'm, I'm very self-conscious and like insecure. So I'm like, maybe they're not fans. They're just listening. <laughs> they're hate but listening. I, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, hold on, buddy. Don't get ahead of yourself. But um, it was so nice to hear from listeners. But then on the other hand, as I'm going through every one that I read, I'm like, I feel so bad that I have to just pick one. I can't give out. I want to give all of these people codes. So when Tab was like, do you want my code? I was like, oh, two people. Like we can give codes to two people. So um, without further ado, the winners of our Horizon Forbidden West giveaway are Alan and Lexi. So Alan says that he just played through Horizon Zero Dawn with his son, um, and Lexi said she also just finished Zero Dawn and she can't wait to hop into Forbidden West. So Alan and Lexi, your codes will be on the way. You'll probably get the email before you hear this podcast, but um, I am going to wait a few days because part of me wants you to hear the podcast. I feel like it's more exciting if you hear it on the podcast. So Alan and Lexi, congratulations. Woo! Your codes will be on the way. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, and thanks to everyone for entering. Again, this was our first giveaway and I can't. I legitimately can't stress enough how fun it was to actually be on the giving end of game codes because, you know, again, this is we're not game journalists or anything like we're just people like we just wanted to do this for fun. 
Um, but it was really exciting to be able to to do this. So thanks for participating, everyone. And we have another game giveaway coming. We'll probably announce it next week, so it'll be for the following week. Um, but stay tuned for uh, another giveaway of a physical copy of a PS5 game. So, uh, yeah. So and let's a- move on. Oh, I was oh, going to say, Alan Alexi, let us know how you're liking the game, too. Keep us yeah. posted. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please send us some, some emails, uh, any screenshots, because there's so many beautiful screenshots. I'll talk a little bit more about my experience with the game when we talk about what we've been playing. But before that, we don't have a ton of news. But today is Mario Day. Happy Mario Day, Paul. Happy Mario Day. March 10th is Mario Day because Mar, M-A-R for March and then one zero. So Mario and Nintendo has embraced that. So they it's it's Mario Day now. So uh, Nintendo has some discounts on select Mario games, which, you know, it's a Nintendo discount. So it's like 30 <laughs> percent off or something. But. Um, but if you've been looking to to pick up, because sometimes with those Nintendo first party games, like you don't want to get them full price. So you're waiting. If if this is what you're waiting for, then you can probably get it 33% off. So check those out. The other thing is Sony's state of play happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to go through everything. I kind of wrote out a list of the things that they showed. But um, we don't have to talk about anything. Is there anything that jumped out to you? Did you get a chance to watch it? I did. I watched it. Um, I stumbled on it on accident um, yesterday, oh. but then I watched the whole darn thing. So, yeah, I was um, I, I, I enjoyed it. There were there were definitely a few things that stood out to me. Ghostwire Tokyo looks really cool. I, uh, I have thought that with each of the the trailers and then sort of the uh, the gameplay footage that they've revealed but that looks great yeah trek to yomai um which i hope i'm saying right looks very cool i I'm i immediately thought of you when i saw that i was like very stylish samurai action it's black and white it's a side scroller so obviously it's very different from ghost of tsushima but i was like paul's gonna paul's gonna like this one so yeah, if so many of Ghost of Tsushima's, you know, its appeal, it comes from obviously the story and the gameplay and all that, but also the style, the cool, mm-hmm. the cool factor cannot be underestimated. And yes, I'm getting very, on that level, I'm getting very strong, you know, vibes, uh, Ghost of Tsushima vibes from that game. So, and developers yeah, involved, right? Yeah, yeah, there was several developers published when they when they showed the screen. I think there was like four or five, but yeah, they I saw developer dig, digital on there, and like the action looks so smooth and stylish. So I think in the past, part of the problem with samurai games is that it's just basically kind of a hack and slash. But with this one, the way that they were doing the moves with like the steps and the twists and all of that, it looked so you know, like you said, Ghost of Tsushima esque. And it looked fun. Like, if you told me like a samurai side scroller, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, it's not for me." But watching watching it, it look looks very interesting. So maybe we'll both be playing it soon. Yeah, because spring. That's what it's coming out this spring. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's this. I think it ultimately maybe proved harmful to our our game drafting. <laughs> you know exercise and that like a lot of people or not a lot of people a lot of um developers and companies seem to be taking this approach but as a consumer to just go like to find out about something for the first time and then realize that's coming out in just a couple of weeks woo! you know it's, it's great yeah 
Yeah, like when Nintendo announced a bunch of games for this year, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Those could have been on our list. But uh, but yeah, what else What else jumped out to you? I, I think the fact that Returnal is getting co-op could be very mm-hmm. exciting because I'm a little intimidated to try it. But like if I can try it with somebody else, maybe, yeah, like that would be a lot of fun. Exo Primal looks redonkulous like it looks wild um (laughs) oh yeah i think it looks really cool and actually because we had so much fun with back for blood and we'll likely have more fun with it in the future i was like oh this could maybe scratch that itch i will say though (laughs) when i was watching all of those raptors in the trailer come out of like the sky hole i'm like how are they not all dead when they hit the ground i know know. that yeah why do you need a squad to go clean them up they're literally falling from like 30 stories up they're they're done it should be like a sanitation game where you're like it just rains dead dinosaurs sandblasting away guts and stuff yeah yeah that game so if you haven't seen the trailer it opens with this like weather forecast what they're calling the dinosaur forecast or like the dino forecast for today and then it cuts to these like portals opening up in a, in the sky over these cities and just floods like hundreds of dinosaurs just pouring out and they show raptors t-rexes triceratopses and then it looks like it's a team-based shooter like i think it's four people and it's just you your team against hordes of dinosaurs um and it's uh coming in 2023 from capcom and I, I didn't know what to make of it. Like like you said, maybe it'll scratch that itch of like the multiplayer shooter tear that we've been on. Um, but I, it's, a, it's also one of those where it seems it's so weird that I'm like, I might wait for reviews with that one because, <laughs> you know, I can see it getting old pretty fast. Like what is it just fighting against hordes, you know? Right. I guess maybe. Yeah. And, and there are, I mean, is it is it that many? It literally looks like if you haven't seen it, um, when you see like 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 commercial fishermen when they open up nets and yeah. it's just like <laughs> thousands uh, like just a, a, a gelatinous blob of like tuna or yeah. something falling out yeah. on the floor it looks like that <laughs> like the the majesty if you love Jurassic Park and you're like the majesty of the dinosaur and like wow this is wow this is like it Jurassic is not, yeah. yeah Jurassic Park's like dark dark twin you know their doppelganger that movie's doppelganger is this game <laughs> yeah it's like all the the leftovers like the the dinosaurs on jurassic park are like the best of the best they have like 40 you know or like 1200 clones of the t-rex that just were a little off so they just you know dumped them on a city or something but yeah like there's a shot there was a shot that's why i think i felt sort of conflicted because there was a shot of the t-rex roaring which I think is especially because of Jurassic Park has become sort of iconic. And I'm like, that looks really cool. But like one T-Rex, like you said, is like majestic and sort of threatening, but you're just (laughs) dumping a pile of them on me. I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what I feel like I'm conflicted. So we'll see. That's a wait and see. I will say Forspoken, this trailer has gotten me the most interested the first trailer they showed, there was so much of that like quippy dialogue between the protagonist and the gauntlet or, or whatever she's wearing. And I was like, ugh, that seems like a super cheese fest. Like it might be super annoying. 
Um, they might lean too heavily into like, let's try to be Iron Man and, you know, Cap, you know, not Captain America, Iron Man. Jarvis. And, um, Jarvis. Yeah. Thank you. Captain America. Imagine if his Captain America was his. <laughs> his Come on, Tony. Let's go. <laughs> I was a hero in the war. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be an adventurer. What? Okay. I'm mixing, I'm mixing universes here. But then the second one they showed was like good, but a little bit vanilla. But I feel like this one. They showed a lot of like fighting, a lot of effects. It looks it looks gorgeous. So I was a little bit more interested in that. Yeah, one. I totally agree. Um, yeah, the the combat looks super exciting, and yeah, it looks cool. So yeah, more and that got pushed back right to October or something, or or released or just announced for October. I think so, October eleventh. Yeah. So and I think I think I have that one on the on the old the old list the old. Um, <laughs> The draft, I think it's on my team, so I'm glad that they're sticking to their date because that one is one that I was a little bit worried about. And they also announced a date, not during the the state of play, but for Gotham Knights. I think that was October. What well, a right? shock that was! Um, I yeah. thought for sure that was getting pushed. So wow. and Ron had that one, yeah. So that gamble play, paid off for Ron. Hopefully, I mean, if it turns out to be good, anyway. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga Collection is going to have a think they said like 13 games i listed them all out we don't need to go through all of them but obviously the big notable ones the teenage mutant ninja turtles arcade game the nes version of that arcade game turtles in time three different versions of tournament fighters <laughs> an extensive catalog of teenage mutant ninja turtles games are you a, a tmnt fan yeah i i do i do like it and um the like arcade brawler you know entries you know and, yeah and, and that 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 sort of game series are are great as well and that would be oh on game pass like if we could get like you know a group of us to play that that would be oh that'd be so much fun oh that would be such a i didn't even think about that a good pretty pixels co-op game oh that would be so amazing yeah we should do we should definitely do that because that's like one of the defining features of my childhood memories with games is playing the arcade game with friends and Especially when you had four people, you had all four turtles. That was so fun. Yeah, I was obsessed with Teenage Mutant Turtles growing up. Um, like had you know, I was that person. I had the bed sheets and the, I had the sewer set and the blimp and all the toys, everything. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I love these collections. Part of it is like, I'll buy them and then I won't play them. <laughs> I have such a bad habit of that. I'm like, oh my god, this Castlevania collection is amazing, and I buy it. And I play like halfway through one of them and then I'm like, I'm glad I have it. And then I'll, you know, I just don't touch it again, but which will probably happen here. But the other thing I thought was interesting <laughs> is there's three Game Boy games on here, like straight up just Game Boy games. And so, which I don't feel like we see very often. We don't see a lot of ports of like Game Boy games to consoles. Like we might see them in the past from like Game Boy to Nintendo DS or something. And that, and it makes me wonder again about those rumors that Nintendo is going to come out with a Game Boy Mini. And if so, is that going to be something you plug into your TV like the other mini consoles? Or is it going to to remain a handheld console? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how these Game Boy games look on the TV and and play with a controller. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because they, they did um, for I'm thinking of like the Phoenix Wright trilogy they to to port them for like the the newest release of them they had to go back and do like redo a lot like the sprite animations and stuff and it looks really good 
but they, it took a lot of work, I think, because yeah, blowing blowing that up on like a gigantic screen, yeah, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how it yeah. how it'll look. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. But I I think it'll be fun. I think this collection would be really fun, as, as we've been saying, to check out together. Like, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, and I I love that these are becoming a thing where they're it's not just oh well these are the three games the consumer wants you know it's like games that no one no one's asking for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 back from the sewers for the Game Boy I don't know a <laughs> single person that would be like when are they giving when are they porting that to the PS4 PS5 no but guess what they were like eh fuck it we'll throw it in there um <laughs> so I love that stuff because it makes this stuff accessible like it makes these you know we always talk about how a lot of these older games especially nintendo games back on nintendo platforms just aren't accessible because nintendo doesn't have a consistent delivery service for these things so these collections unfortunately are some of the best ways to get a hold of especially these old more obscure games so please keep them coming like as many collections as you want to give us absolutely valkyrie elysium so at the very end square enix showed two two new games I i think they're new and people were disappointed because the way that Sony set up the, of course, I feel like I can say that for any state of play or Nintendo Direct or whatever. But people were upset. <laughs> yeah, newsflash, surprise, people were were upset. But um, people, you know, Sony tried to keep people's expectations in check. That's all they said was, we're gonna have a focus on some new and exciting looks at, or some like new announcements and exciting looks at Japanese developed games. So people thought Final Fantasy 16, maybe a new Persona game, maybe Persona 5 or something like, you know, some some new version or something. And we didn't get that. Uh, we got two new games, the, the Dio Field Chronicle and Valkyrie Elysium, which Valkyrie Elysium, especially that title, I feel like is the name of like a fake video game in a movie or something. <laughs> you know, It sounds like they took two words from different RPG series and they were like, cram them together it's chrono fantasy or something it seems i'm a little suspicious about the name but it's an action rpg with like north north uh, norse mythology and i thought the way it was set up was interesting because you have this like beautiful blonde woman who seems to be giving you the the viewer a quest she's like come with me on this uh, come with me into battle or something like that and i sort of thought like she's inviting some probably male hero no, she's doing the fighting. I don't know what the come with me part is. Like, maybe just watch me fight. But she's the main protagonist. Uh, and she's... I So, obviously, she's the Valkyrie. And she's, you know, kicking ass and everything. And at the very end, there's this mysterious woman, you know, who she... Who comes into the scene and she's like, who are you or whatever. And it looks like another Valkyrie maybe or something. I don't know. I think it looks pretty cool. I'm not a huge fan of, like, that kind of just hack and slash action RPG, but... I'm intrigued. This comes out this year, 2022, yeah. again. I was only laughing because I was imagining, like, come with me, and, like, you think you're going to get to play, and then, like, the entire time she's just fighting, and there's no controller inputs, there's nothing. You just control the camera. Yeah. She's like, watch me fight. Look what I can do. I know, and then she meets this new friend, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get to play as her, and then, yeah. they're, and then they're fighting together, and you can't do anything. <laughs> you know, and if this were the 90s, they would be making things they would be making quips like like you like to watch don't you or something like that (laughs) and you're like no i actually would like to play but 
I mean, <laughs> press start. <laughs> Wait. Here's this, <laughs> here's this TikTok sound that I'm is like stuck in my head recently. It's uh, it's uh, as you say it. He's like, I need to show you something. What I do, uh, and it's like a it's like a teacher video where he's talking about kids and how they say like really weird things. Um, but that gets stuck in my head, and so anytime someone does something like that, and so now I'm imagining that's what she does. She's like, "Come with me into battle." I need to show you something. What I do. <laughs> Very cool, Valkyrie. <laughs> Can I play? What a, what a she's great like, leader. It's not your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's exactly. like you. She's like, yeah. We. I told you we switch off when I die, and I haven't died. I'm like, God damn it, Valkyrie. This, yeah, this is an elaborate. This would be an innovation. It's like younger sibling simulator. We're like. <laughs> I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna give you the controller any second now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I die, and then you die, and it's like, well, well no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, right in the middle of the level, so you get two turns in a row later, <laughs> and then you die again, and it's like, I'm older, so I, you, you know, you, it's not even your game. <sighs> no, you played 20 minutes ago, and you're like, yeah. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Ah. But... Right. Uh, flashbacks i'm the youngest in my in my family so <laughs> i was usually the one getting screwed over but um anything else there was one trailer that that shocked me in a not great way <laughs> so this 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 trailer opens up with a shot of a cel-shaded oh subway God. yes i know exactly what you're talking because about. again let me just remind you sony's like japanese developers and it's been five years since Persona 5 came out, the base game. So I'm thinking it's about time for you to announce Persona 6. Like, maybe you're not going to have much to show, but, like, you've, you've been coming out with these Persona 5 side games, the dancing game and the the uh, Musu game and everything, and I've loved those, but I know you're working on Persona 6. Like, you're in somewhere in development, so, like, a teaser or something. And so this trailer starts with, a shot of a cel-shaded subway and the subway number one persona games are cel-shaded but number two the subway in persona 5 is a huge part of it it's like that's where your underground dungeon is and it's like all the symbolism that's what the opening menu of the thing is the subway so it's a thing right so it's cel- cel-shaded subway and then a blue butterfly flutters across the screen <laughs> with a little sparkle and if you've played the persona games the blue butterfly is one of the, it's like probably the most iconic symbol that's shared across games every it's like final fantasy every game has a different set of characters a different story but there are a few things that are it's that remain the same like the velvet room every game has a velvet room with an attendant and igor but this butterfly thing this symbol this motif is like throughout all of them going back to the very first persona so you show me a fucking cel-shaded uh, you know subway and then a blue butterfly flutters across. i'm like oh like the the graphics didn't look great so i was like maybe it's not going to be a mainline game but it's got to be a new persona no it's jojo's bizarre <laughs> adventures all-star battle like what <laughs> what <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah it was that was bizarre is this like am i is this like a thing that is really popular and that i'm just not aware of like, I know it's a pretty popular anime, um, but I I didn't think it was so popular. I mean, I don't know. There's a Nickelodeon brawler, so you know, I guess anything goes now. But 
you know, 50 playable, I, the 50 playable characters. Yeah. That's where I was like, I know it's popular, but are there 50 characters? <laughs> it shows how little I know about, about that series in particular, but. So maybe there's like an, all like an alternate universe, Joey, that was like, Oh, it's a, another persona game. Oh, <gasps> Jojo, <laughs> Jojo's bizarre adventure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, well, um, I wish I lived in that, that alternate universe because <laughs> I was, I was, I was sadly disappointed. I, 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 I don't know if they, maybe the, maybe the butterfly is a thing in Jojo's bizarre adventure too. I don't know, but. But it's, it felt a little trolly. Well, yeah, it's like the um, the uh, like the Smash Brothers announcement things and how they like will often like it'll seem to be another character and that's this character instead. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what they're gonna do from now on. They're gonna make it look like <laughs> oh, this next Final Fantasy, and then it's like the Dio Field Crown. Oh, God damn it. It'll be like in Chamber of Secrets where it'll be like persona six and you're like oh, and then the letters started rearranging oh and it's like the guy game too and you're like what, oh what? <laughs> you'll never see it oh man they actually licensed the music and everything <laughs> no <laughs> those God, letters don't yeah. even arrange it <laughs> there's no g in persona what the fuck <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm in hell. Um, <laughs> they did also show another brief trailer for Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, and there's a demo out. I don't remember. I thought you said you were sort of interested in this game. Is that correct? I, I admittedly was was playfully um interested after the last trailer they put out where they were just like chaos, chaos. i'm here to kill chaos are you chaos no this is chaos i am chaos you're chaos what did you have for breakfast chaos, chaos. yeah and like it, it i i admittedly listeners of your big chaos fans i i maybe if i had the context i'd be like holy shit it's fucking chaos fucking here we chaos. go that's chaos yeah, right yeah. there but admittedly i i had a little bit of fun at the you know tra- as we have we've had a little bit of yeah. fun at that last trailer's expense i will say though this new trailer like it looks exciting like the combat looks fun like and there's a demo out i love demos try try out love- a game yeah it's yeah okay. I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet because I just downloaded it last night. But um, but yeah, and I think that's one of the things I understand that demos oftentimes take a lot of extra time for the development team. But what a, I mean, they work. You know what I mean? Like may, maybe they don't work. Maybe it doesn't balance out. Like maybe it doesn't. It's not worth it for every team to make a demo. But I mean, like like with Resident Evil Village, it didn't matter for me. But for a lot of people, it did. They were like, oh, a free demo. And I got to play it and see how good the game looked. That got a lot of people intrigued. And with this, I would have definitely waited and been like, I'll see what the reviews look like. I'll see what people say. But no, there's a fucking demo. Now I'm going to play it like for sure. And I'll know for sure if I want to get it or not. So uh, we will probably report back on that 
next week or the week after yeah so. we when we both have crow for dinner because <laughs> this <laughs> is actually yeah the the greatest final fantasy game ever and yes yeah. you'll accept our humblest apologies <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah i well i but see the thing is like i don't even know anything about the game i i'm so much more just that trailer like you said the chaos thing <laughs> i think overtook any like if you asked me what the game was about, I would say I have no idea. But like, I know one word to describe. I know it. one word. There's chaos, and <laughs> chaos is somewhere in there. But yeah, so that was the Sony State of Play. Not the most exciting, but you know, there's some again, lots of new stuff that's coming out this year. Those two Square Enix games, the Diofield Chronicle and Valkyrie Elysium, both coming out this year. The that 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 Persona wannabe JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle coming out this year. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this year, um, the weird dinosaur, it's raining dinosaurs 20, 2023 next year, but still like a lot of stuff coming out in, or like, you know, now or soon. So that was very cool. But let's let's talk about what we've been playing. So so we've both been playing Halo still. Not much to report on that front. There's a new event. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but the it is really fun. The new event mode is tactical slayer but with other weapons so i think you were reading that this week it's what is it it's the pistol the the, the sidekick pistol the mangler and and then then the battle battle rifle rifle. yeah and then next week it's gonna be the alien sniper rifle which i don't remember what that one's called the what's it called the predator rifle or something that sounds right yeah yeah which i hate maybe it'll be different (laughs) if like no one has shields Mm -hmm. and you just get a headshot like maybe it'll be great but it's slow it's not very powerful during you know regular matches um it's so frustrating to have a sniper rifle and you hit someone with like a headshot from far away and they're like what was that did someone throw something at me Come on, man. But um, <laughs> with no shields, maybe it'll be different. And what was the other weapon? Was the Predator? I totally... Oh, oh, that other assault rifle. Oh, yeah, the Commando. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I would love to see, because I have, admittedly, a frustrating time with that gun. So without shields, it would be super interesting to see if I, I really love it or not. Yeah, there's a lot of recoil, so it jumps around a lot. But I think you can also go full auto, so it's mm-hmm. like you know damn with everyone with no shields just running and start popping off so so that's pretty cool um and the the rewards look pretty nice too there's a pretty nice um armor coating which doesn't matter to me anymore because i got my shiny purple one i'm never changing (laughs) um did you talk about that that journey last week i think so i'm pretty sure i did it was it was a quest if anyone yeah And like I would say like there's a forty percent chance that anytime Tab hops on and we're playing, they say some version of I hate you because I got the because <laughs> Tab Tab got screwed over twice, so and they didn't end up getting it. So like, you know, they and I'm like, you could still get it and they're like, I already spent so much money on nail polish, I'm not I'm not going back. So I'm like, All right, I get it. I get it. It would be a constant reminder of how much money they've <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this skin is it was 40 dollars or whatever it is like that's yeah because even i when i look at it i'm like this is a 22 dollars skin for me <laughs> it's fucking it's worth i hey i got st- i got physical stuff too i got nail polish that i can wear so yeah, yeah. it looks it looks good and i'm sure the nail polish looks good too but uh yeah yeah i i yeah i i feel for you because it was yeah it but it's worth it it to me it can either like 
it can either like turn you against whatever you're trying to get or it can endear it to you even more where you're like i worked so hard for this so it's very special to me to have it (laughs) and i think also just (laughs) this is this is bad but like Ever, a lot of people got screwed over trying to get it and they were getting Forza skins or they weren't getting their codes and stuff. So I feel like at first I thought, well, everyone's going to be running around in this skin. I think I've only seen like three other people. So <laughs> because it was so hard, it's apparently going to be a really rare skin. So, you know, maybe I'm not too angry. <laughs> What's the opposite of survivor's guilt? Like survivor's hubris? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everyone else is dead but you know survivor's arrogance (laughs) i it's not it's i'm i'm thankful i'm so thankful i'm blessed to have this (laughs) let's talk about so you've been playing cyberpunk and last week i sort of seated you a little bit and said i want to talk about some side quests and we can talk about whichever ones you want but there's one particular one that you played that i want to talk a little bit about and so we should throw up a spoiler. So if you haven't played Cyberpunk 2077, Paul's been playing a ton of it. And you can talk as much as you want about just the game in general and your experience. And we can do a Baywatch, of course. But there's one specific quest. And so I want to throw up a spoiler thing now. And we'll just kind of get it out of the way. Called Sinner Man. And it's actually the second part of a two-part quest. So you start another quest. And depending on how that quest goes, you may or may not have the chance to do sinner man the the sinner man side quest so if you haven't done that uh, and you don't want any spoilers for probably the most notable side quest in the game i would say in in many games go ahead and check the timestamps in the show notes and skip ahead a little bit but um we haven't talked about it personally between us i mean you've told me that you were like wow it's wild but um, what were your thoughts about that one? I, I found it to be one of the most interesting side quests. But Yeah, like surprisingly, let me, yeah, well, let me back up and say that there, I have a lot to say about cyberpunk. So we're going to, as you say, we're there's a lot of, a <laughs> lot of, a lot of, you know, um, thoughts and experiences to share. Um, we, we, we had talked about this like um, the other night when we were playing Halo, but one thing I, I, I'm just so in love with about CD Projekt Red is they have such an overwhelming capacity to make, like, incredible, like, sort of one-off side quests that just totally take you by surprise. And they just do it over and over and over again. It's what made The the Witcher feel so fresh and immersed. Like, the, the third one especially, it's just, like, you felt like every corner that you turned into in the world, like, you could stumble upon, like, a really exciting story filled with like rich characters and very tricky choices and it just yeah it was awesome and cyberpunk is no different and this quest is yeah like such a great example of that where it starts off and you're just like someone's hiring you to kill this guy who murdered another guy's sister and like it's just like you're gonna find him kill him and that's the the game. And you've taken, like, you know, if you're doing gigs in Night City or whatever, like, you've taken a bunch of other jobs that are like this. And you're like, okay, this is just going to be that with, like, more, you know, a little more spiciness or whatever. Like, I'm going to, you know, there's more characters, more dialogue, whatever. So, like, you think you're just going to find this guy and go kill him. And you're like, okay. 
Then you get there, like five minutes in, the guy who like hired you and who wants you to do all this stuff um, and kill this guy gets killed himself, you know, right away. And they're like, oh, okay, so maybe that's it. No, then you go (laughs) into the car with this guy that he was going to kill and you discover that he um, is like, like has has sort of become like this like Christ-like figure is like found religion and wants to atone for all these horrible things that he's done and you end up spending a lot of time with him and what you come to learn is he ultimately wants to through this like um sort of like film like production company wants to crucify himself like on video and like it and like they're interested because they want to sell this this thing in cyberpunk called like a brain dance where people like can not just like watch something, but like experience, you know, something. Right. Um, and, and and like the more extreme the experience, like the more exciting the brain dance is and the more marketable it is. Um, but uh, yeah, so he wants to do that. So like you're, you're going through this and you're like, wow, I thought this was just going to be like around the mill, kill a guy or not or whatever. And then it's just done. But no, it's like, it's, it's wild and like um, you end up talking with him a lot and you have to make all these choices throughout. And I did it in such a way that then, as Joey mentioned, so the initial quest you get is Cinder Man. You spend a day with him and you go see some of his like the, the family members of his victims and like other things like that or whatever. And then the day ends. Then you get if you make the right choices, you get another quest. I'm forgetting what it's called, but you get another quest and you go to the studio and you have the option to like help like crucify him or not. And I was very torn in that moment. Cause I, what I have been thinking the entire time is like, this is like gross and like, it's like, I get why he's doing it, but I think why other people are interested in him doing it is like really gross. And they're sort right. of like exploiting him and taking advantage of it. Um, But he also made a big deal of like, he wanted the, whoever is going to do it to be someone who like is like kind and is not going to like be a jerk is why he asked you to do it. Um, so I, so I ended up doing it, it which is like horrible. Wow. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm like, I don't want it to be someone else. Cause I feel bad for this guy. So like, I'll do it. And like, so be it, you know, but what a mistake in a lot of ways. Cause it, um, you do it and it is so graphic, you know, and you end up like crucifying this guy basically. And it and, like literally pounding these giant spikes yeah. into his hands and he's screaming yeah. in pain. Yeah. It's, it's really gruesome. Yeah. It's wild. And um, yeah, then the quest kind of ends up there, but I was, yeah, I was blown away. And like, I think what an interesting quest and what a, what a shocking, you know, surprising quest. And yeah, yeah, that was, that was wild. I totally get why you, um, you told, you kind of told me to keep my eye out for it because I was, I was absolutely blown away by it. And it was one of the things that we were talking when we were talking about cyberpunk and, and CD project red and their side quests, like sometimes people call their side quests revolutionary. And I'm a little bit like in terms of structure, they're not super revolutionary, but in terms of content and again how much time they spend with writing you know side quests that are interesting and unique like this one that's what i think they deserve just the writing is what they deserve credit for and the complexities of it too where like you said if you just sort of describe it as you did of like this guy he wants to repent and everything 
it's it's easy to see why you would be like this is too gross this guy's being used by this corporation because that's what it is it's this corporate mm-hmm. you know n- it's not a news station but this like corporate media station or media yeah. company um and they're obviously there the entire time they're worried about ratings they're worried about numbers like they're this is going to be the biggest event who cares about the dumb religious people who are going to fall for it like screw them we're we're all about the numbers and we can keep milking it because it's going to approximate as close as we can get it the experience of the crucifixion so people will pay for this for for thousands of years like for as long as we can think you know because they're looking at religion and looking at like look how long that's lasted so it's super gross like you said but i think where it's complicated is like of course this guy this this inmate is like talking to you and talking about how he's repented and he admits and everything but it sounds a little hollow and then in the meeting with the family of one of the victims he like snaps and he gets kind of aggressive with them if I'm remembering it correctly, where he's like, you have to forgive me kind of thing. And that made me be like, I don't know that he really has repented. I don't really know if he really is. I'm wondering if it's just like he knows he's going to be executed because that's part of the the conceit of it is that like he's going to be executed either way for his crimes. So why not do something good with it, I guess. And but it's but it complicated my feelings about him. I'm like, oh, he's not he's not the good redeemed. You know what I mean? Like he's. He's probably just going through a certain kind of trauma that is, number one, in part based on being in prison, um, especially in a prison in Night City, which I'm assuming is incredibly harsh. But number two, (laughs) facing your mortality and facing the end of your life. So I thought that was super interesting. And I I did it too. But part of it for me, and I think it says something about Johnny Silverhand's role in the whole thing, is... Is again, this is a slight spoiler, so I, I would say I'm going to keep the spoiler tag up a little bit longer and say that, like, Johnny Silverhand, you, your relationship, V's relationship with him starts out very contentious, but throughout changes and moves more and more toward a sort of a kinship. I don't know if they're ever really truly on the same wavelength, but, like, I think it moves in that direction on purpose, intentionally, and in that scene, I was already sort of in the middle where I'm like, I want, I, I mean, it's kind of reason part. So I'm like, I want to be his friend. I don't right. stop being mean to me <laughs> and like V stopping. And that's one of the things too, is I wish that you had more control over V's personality because I'm trying to play V like me. And then V is being an asshole sometimes. And I'm like, stop being an asshole. But um, I like, I want, you know, I want them to be friends and Johnny Silverhand in this particular scene seems very, he's he's prompting you in that direction of like go along with it and so part of it was i was influenced by that was i was like he seems to think it's a good idea and so he's normally to some degree right or i can see where he's kind of coming from so i went through it as well but yeah i walked away and i think one of the reasons that i thought i was so surprised in a way Maybe because there was already so much controversy, but I was surprised that there wasn't controversy around it because it's incredibly blasphemous, right? You see this guy, you literally crucify a dude. And I think about like a game, if a game like this came out in the 90s, mayhem, like there would have been riots, like people would have been, you know, strung up and stuff like there would have, it would have just been, but now people don't even blink, Mm -hmm. but I can see people saying like, oh my God, it's so blasphemous. It's so, but it's, it's not, well, I mean in terms of imagery sure you could say that but the point of it is that 
corporations will manipulate and weaponize and capitalize religion and they do that and this is like the far future extreme version of that but it just shows like how dangerous it can be to manipulate a group of people who feel very strongly and feel kind of a blind faith towards something so yeah yeah well in the way that like a a redemptive seemingly selfless act you know or an act that's like and part of the reason why johnny is so interested right is like christ is like a rebellious figure right that's like making a a self doing a selfless thing to like combat injustice like how possible is that in this like dystopian yeah as you say like like hyper capitalist like night city right where even these these modes of resistance like they just become monetizable right like the 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 production company that's paying for it they're just gonna make so much money and thinking about things like like the monetization of like pride right and how Mm -hmm. like um it just becomes a way in part for like um corporations to stick like a rainbow flag on their sneakers and suddenly sell more sneakers you know like um, right and so, yeah, it. I think it's interesting for that reason. And as you say, like the Johnny dialogue in the beginning, he's like, right when he's like, get in, I want you to spend the day with me. He's like, if we don't do this, I will never talk to you again. Like, like that mm-hmm. stuff there was really, really fun. And again, I think um, just zooming out to CD Projekt Red, that this did not have to be in there, you know, and like thinking about like the assets all the and like the work animating which they do not get enough credit for by the way like look at other open world games they're not animating scenes and dialogue this way because it takes so much time you know <laughs> like and, yeah. and they and cyberpunk is filled with that stuff like um just thinking all the, the the work that went into it where as you say it's like it's not revolutionary in the sense that like i think other companies if we put like one side quest from another open world game next to another one there like they do it but like the scale and like the consistent quality throughout i think is absolutely revolutionary because like holy shit (laughs) yeah i think they look at side quests as another opportunity to tell story and not filler yes we need stuff for people to do like if you look at side quests as that then you're gonna get boring side quests because there's no you know let's have specific focused meetings on coming up with really interesting stories and I would be interested in seeing the cutting room floor because I imagine usually in the creative process, it's not you don't just have the best ideas and that's all, you know, the, and the only thing to end up like there are probably a bunch of bad side quests, but they were willing to go through that process. It wasn't just what sticks, you know what I mean? Whereas if I, we look at another open world game, it might just be, well, yeah, we we put all of them that we thought of in there because, you know, we thought the more the better. Right. Um yeah, I think they 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 do they do get a lot of credit for that. So I'm going to take the spoiler tags down now, and just more generally, how's your experience been going with the game? It has been awesome. I think the um, the world is so cool. I love all the clothes. I love the combat. Um, has been really fun. Um, yeah, all the the characters and the writing is great. Um, we we touched on this before, but one thing I think is cool is that uh, the you you mentioned this but like how as opposed to thinking through like structuring writing around gameplay like i think like so many of the missions in cyberpunk do the opposite thing where they start with like a great writing story concept and then they kind of create and structure all these neat sort of gameplay 
sections that like can ultimately fit that and like right. like go the other way and i think that ends up being like a really exciting thing and there are so many missions that i played that like work like that including one we're going to talk about in a bit uh with my my girl judy oh my god <laughs> yeah. I, I was doing that and i'm like i can't believe i'm doing this in a cyberpunk game or any game like this is so amazing so like yeah all that stuff's been great i um yeah i i love like i said the other week i love the music i just got a really cool motorcycle that i really like it kind of looks like the motorcycle on akira um and that's yes, been a lot of fun i think that was the i think that was the motorcycle i used for most of the game because as you pointed out in a previous episode it's so much easier to use motorcycles and it's not as dangerous as you would think like i thought because in gta i, I avoid them because i'm like one wreck and i'm i'm dead you know so like with this one number one it's just it controls easier and unfortunately it's not quite as realistic so like you it's like t-bone a car and you're sometimes you're just fine you know what i mean like you just <laughs> bounce off it or slide off it and you're like all right let's keep going but yeah i i think if we're talking about the same bike yeah i i love that bike yeah it's so good um yeah well and i invested a lot into the body um attribute tree so like i like to think that i'm just like so indestructible <laughs> yeah that i can get thrown from a bike and i'm like yeah, I'll like dust myself <laughs> off. I'm totally cool. Um, yeah, but it's amazing. I've been doing a lot of the side content so far um, just because I, I want to go into the main story with like um, as, as many options in each level as possible, like to have like the hacking ability or like the strength ability or the technical ability to like, you know, like hack into computers or open doors or whatever, do things like that. And also like be cool and wear cool shit while I'm yeah. doing the main story too. So like, um, I'm doing a lot of the side content, but the side content is the main content. Like it's all, it's all amazing. So like everything's yeah. cool. I just did a really cool, um, mission like involving like a crime and like an abducted, um, teenager, which I'm not going to go mm. into anymore, but like that was awesome. And like, yeah, yeah there a ton of cool stuff but uh also um you know as much as i've been enjoying all of that i've also uh you know uh, found found love uh, a bay dare i say <laughs> in that cruel night city <laughs> <laughs> judy alvarez yes oh uh, oh man so yeah, so I, as you know, dear listeners from the other episode, I, um, from pretty early on in my, my, uh, game, game experience, I, uh, had my, uh, my, my heart and eyes set on, on Judy as a romance option, and, uh, yeah, I just, um, I finished up her series of side, uh, her, like, side quests or whatever, or her quest line, and then, um, yeah, we, we just went on this big, um date and we're entering into to spoiler territory i don't know should i talk about it in a lot of detail or i mean do you, yeah if you want to we can talk about spoiler time. i definitely do okay so right, if you want to so hear spoilers yeah. yes spoilers yes oh it was incredible though so we um met like uh on like this little like like beach house that she is renting from a friend and what you learn about judy kind of from being in her apartment and she's really interested in scuba diving and i'm like oh well that's like a fun little character detail we get there i put on a wetsuit she's wearing a wetsuit and like we go underwater and suddenly we're like in the water and like 
I we're, we're seeing this whole underground town that ends up being where she grew up. And so like, we're making playful banter. Like she's telling me all about like, you know, like this restaurant she went to, or like this girl that she had to crush on, like when she was younger. And I'm, we're just like swimming through and we're scuba diving. And this is again, one of those moments where I'm like, this is so fucking creative and surprising. And it's totally built around like character and like, what a cool way to like, do this like exposition work about her and also bring us closer. Cause again, we're flirting and we're getting to know one another the whole time. And like, I give her like a camera that I found. I'm like, this is for you. And she's like, Oh, thanks. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's amazing. And we have this beautiful moment. And then like, I pass out underwater and like, she heroically saves me and like brings me to shore. And I'm like my hero, Oh, you know, my heart's a flutter. And then like, we go inside and like, she like um makes me a cup well she tries to make me a cup of coffee but then like a bunch of other things happen and then we have like a really tender sweet moment where we're kind of just talking about where we're at in the story and where things go and then suddenly it gives me the option she's like i want this not to be about all those other things i want it to be about us and then i get like the romance option and i'm like yes and it is about us and then we have like the most incredible sex ever and it's just like beautiful and we're just like so in love and it's so great and then um, the next day comes and then you're like sitting there and like, she's like, uh, I, I like have feelings for you. Like, do you want this to be a thing? And they should have had this option and they had something like it, but I would have had like an emphatic fuck. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is a thing. And now um, we share an apartment like and uh, I can come over and like hang out with her and like there was like dialogue and stuff. And like if you sleep at her apartment, you like wake up and she's like next to you and you're like, oh, and then what's even great. Like I don't know if this is in the game originally or if this is something new they added. But now just like periodically I'll be cruising around Night City and like Judy will just like text me and like she'll be like really drunk and out with her friends. She'll be like, you know what rhymes with Judy? Booty. And, <laughs> like, and then you're like, oh, my God. And then you like you kind of like joke with her back and forth or like um, she's like um, <laughs> or she's like my abuela um, wants to meet you, but like be cool. She's going to like text you and like. Just be nice. It's important to me that goes well. And then you'll get like, yeah, her grandmother like ends up like texting you and you can have a conversation with you and you can either blow it if you're lame and not me, or you can nail it and make her grandmother love you. (laughs) And then it makes your relationship stronger. And like that just carries out throughout the rest of the game. So it's like, oh, it's so good. God damn it. Cyberpunk, you rock. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I and they, they've expanded the relationship stuff. And I wonder if that's part of it, because I don't remember it being I ended up romancing Pan Am and I don't remember it being quite like, as you said, one of the things I did like was that it wasn't one of those games. So, number one, I'm a total fucking sucker for romance. If, if you can't already tell listeners, I always like if there's a game, someone's playing a game. I'm like, who did you romance? One of my first questions. Um, I love romancing games, but there are some games where that moment which i love so much that moment where you know your relationship becomes a thing you confess love for each other is like so magical but some games just stop there and they're just like you can do the right you can just fill in the rest like you guys go on you're sure you're in love you go on dates and stuff and it's like no 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 i want that to be like the beginning and i think cyberpunk comes one of the closest to making you feel like you're actually in a relationship with this person in the world 
because they again to go back to the writing they write stuff for it they they don't just say just go ahead and pretend like you guys are dating like everything's going to seem normal and combat and dialogue and stuff maybe occasionally like i think bioware is pretty good at it too but bioware hasn't gotten to that point where they're specifically writing new content for each new character because of course it does take a lot of time takes money so i get it but um that's the dream for me is to like somewhere in the middle of the game fall in love get into a relationship and then be in a relationship with that person and not just have to imagine oh well when we're at camp we're gonna be you know hanging out and being flirty i don't have to imagine that the game will give that to me and i feel like cyberpunk starts that you know what i mean and i want more of course like every time i'm like next time we're married do we have kids we have that conversation should we both get a car one car public transportation, all that stuff, all that like, you know, moving in together conversation. That's the stuff that I want to do. And we'll talk more about Judy in our main segment, <laughs> which uh, which we'll get to soon. But but yeah, so you're liking your time with Cyberpunk. So I guess I am... we'll end spoilers. But anything else you want to you want to add about it? I, I, I'm just I'm loving it. And, you know, I I'm just so I'm just so happy that the game is, you know, at where it's at now. And it's like, you know, everything is playable and great because I think it's just such a wonderful game. And I just I'm loving it already. And I'm just so thrilled to see, you know, what they continue to do to it over the the coming months, because I think, yeah, this game is just it, it's so awesome and just like, yeah, has so much great potential. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm really having a great time. And so are you are you not sad about your decision to continue playing that other than because you were <laughs> Have very seriously considering <laughs> jumping over to Elden Ring and putting this aside. Are you still good with that decision? I, I find that if you just pretend that Elden Ring isn't out and that it's been delayed <laughs> until June, and then just do everything in your power to avoid spoilers, um, <laughs> denial is a powerful tool, Joey. <laughs> That's so funny because I I thought you were going to be like, oh no, yeah, I totally, I'm I'm totally fine with it. Because every time I see a tweet or a TikTok or something, I think of you and I'm like, I could send this to Paul, but I shouldn't like tempt him or tease him. But I'm start I was starting to get to the point hearing you talk about cyberpunk, like, well, you won't care, but no. You're you're embracing denial and I to I fully support that. So, you know, Elder Who? Elden Who? <laughs> you don't know. You yeah, know. unless their name is Judy Alvarez. Uninterested. Yeah. <laughs> 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 i i've been playing a lot of horizon still we talked about it all last podcast so i won't say too much on it but i'm i'm almost done with the story now i think i have like one big big mission to go maybe two i there's a point that i reached in the story that i'm not going to spoil but i feel like if you've played through the story you probably know what i'm tied there's like a big thing that happens near the end uh you get like a new ability kind of thing that that sort of thing I, i've reached that point so I am going to step away from the main line, the main story for a little bit and just do side side content for a while because I do want to get the platinum. I don't have a good sense of where I'm at in terms of like world completion, except to say that I have, I think, like 55 percent of the trophies. So still quite a bit to go, but I have been having a ton of fun. I'm still really appreciating it. Like I said, I won't say too much, but I will say just I'll just share a brief story to kind of highlight one of my favorite things about this game. So I love these big epic dino battles that you get into with these like some of the harder bosses like not bosses sorry but the harder 
creatures like this the harder enemies like a big like t-rex kind of thing um or they added some things like they added a, a robot spinosaurus basically like a another version of like a t-rex and the thing like I, I think i mentioned this last week is like i'll start to get a little cocky because i get pretty good at the bow combat and so then i'm fighting a bunch of different dinosaurs and some of them are the hard ones like a t-rex and i'm taking them down and some of them are like really easy and some of them are not easy but they're not challenging so i start getting sort of cocky and then i'll just randomly get my ass handed to me because some of the dinosaurs are different levels so i had I, I, I was doing this one side mission where you collect these armor pieces up on this plateau and suddenly this big storm bird, like one of these big heavy hitting flying animal, you know, flying dinos come and starts attacking me. And it's a pretty limited plateau. So there's not much up there. There's no medical berries. And so I'm like rolling around fighting it. And I, I just kept getting caught and like getting hit. And so my, my health was getting down. I ran out of medical. I ran out of healing stuff. So I'm completely out of healing stuff. And my health bar is drained like 30% maybe before I kill the thing. And I'm like, okay, good. I killed the thing. I'm safe. Like I'm not, you know, I, I don't have to worry anymore. So now I just have to go find some berries and, you know, refill my healing. And so I look at the map and I'm like, let me go to this campsite that's a little ways away. But on the way, there's a question mark on the map. Let me stop there and see what that is. So I'm making my way and I get to the question mark, which is not that far away. So I didn't pick up any healing items. So I still have zero healing items and my health is at like 70%. Um, and I get up to the question mark and I don't remember what it was now, now that I think about it. It was like a chest or something. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll grab that. And then suddenly from overhead, I hear screeching. And I turn around and there's three sun wings, which are like pterodactyls, basically. Whoa. And they just start blasting me and like they hit me and I fall over and I lose like 20% more health. And as I'm getting up, I get hit again and I fall over and I lose like 20%. And it's like I'm getting down to like 30, 40% health and I don't have any healing items. So I'm trying to run toward the edge and one of them hits me again. And I had literally five HP, I had like a little sliver of health. And the whole time I'm listening to the Batman soundtrack because <laughs> I saw it and I love the soundtrack, but there's this like theme um, that's like that you've heard in the trailer. It's like two notes, like, bah, bah. like I, I can't, I'm not even going to do it, but like it's, it's the, the main Batman theme and it's like this like menacing dirge and I'm listening to it and it's at that point because it repeats throughout the, the soundtrack. So that's, and it's like loud and it's dramatic and it's making me more nervous and I have a sliver of health, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to fucking die. And the whole time it's like, burr, 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 burr. and so I jump off the, this other plateau that I'm on with the fucking pterodactyls. And I wait until I'm like right above the tree line and I hit the glider and I glide to safety under the trees because they don't see me. It was so thrilling. It's like <laughs> moments like that where I'm like getting into these big battles and getting myself into trouble and narrowly scraping out are just wow. so, so fun. Yeah. So, Amazing. so still enjoying that. But um, let's move on to our feature. Our feature is what we're going to call lovingly, I, I think maybe just the bay that got away. Yeah. I had bays and then I had bays that got away because we were talking about multiple, but it rhymes better if we say the bay that got away. Yeah. But the premise is we were talking about romance and video games recently, which we haven't done like an episode where we go over our favorite romances or even like our video game crushes, and we will for sure. That's our jam. Um, but Paul brought up, Paul was like, who are your favorite 
non-romanceable NPCs? And we were like, that's that's an interesting question. Like, that's not something you normally think about. So we're going to talk about our favorite non-romanceable NPCs. We're primarily sticking or exclusively sticking to games with romance in them. So we're not talking about like Princess Peach. I don't know of any games, unfortunately, where you can date, you know, Princess Peach or Mario characters. Um, technically, she's a non-dateable NPC, but like there has to be romance involved because we want that level of like disappointment in like you start a game and you're like, I know there are romance options and you start meeting characters and you're like, ooh, that person, that person. These are characters who are in a romance game and you, for some reason as the player, cannot romance them. So let's uh let's get started um do you want to start who's 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 one of your one of your characters Ooh, okay so to the surprise of nobody a big chunk of my list comes out of a little little well-known trilogy called mass effect (laughs) so um what i'm going to do to keep uh sort of the variety of my list intact is uh alternate between mass effect characters and characters in other (laughs) video games so that in mind um my first pick from uh, mass effect is rex beloved rex favorite yeah yeah. wonderful character into you know such an important part of the uh the trilogy has a very special like memeable you know relationship with shepherd you know warm you know warm delightful energy you know uh a nice gravelly voice and um yeah no romance options with rex whatsoever what the fuck and um doesn't matter you know what version of shepherd you're playing as um whether you let uh ashley uh you know, hey, hey. Tr- trigger figure Williams uh, pulled the you know end his life at Vermeer <laughs> or not? Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's. You I know. thought you were going in a different direction. <laughs> no, I, I, gonna... was, I, I would never. You know, this 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 list is already built on heartache. I don't need to add more <laughs> more romantic misery. Um, for reference, for though, check yeah. out our Mass Effect episode to see why Joey would. <laughs> yeah, I I'll spoil it for you. I. I went with Ashley Williams because I heard I'd never gone with her before. I always went with Tally. Um, Tally's my girl. But like I had heard that Ashley got better by the last game in terms of like the romance and like her personality. And so because I was playing the the trilogy for the second or third time, I was like, let's go with something different. Let's go with a new romance partner. And so I chose Ashley and I, I regretted it all the way up to the end. So, um, and I played them back to back. So it really felt like the most f- like full cohesive relationship that I had been in, in a mass effect game, which is so unfortunate because no, no, but anyways, so sorry. So Rex, yeah, Rex, I mean, what a great choice. Cause like you said, he's such a fan favorite and like we talked about in the, in that episode of, of the mass effect trilogy, that moment where you come back, I think it's in the third game. Number two. Oh, it's number two where you, and he's like, he's, he's the kind of the warlord on his planet and you, you embrace each other and it's like Rex Shepard. And like, I teared up a little bit. I was like, it's Rex. It's my, it's my dude, you know? So, and it makes me wonder about Bioware games because Bioware has been doing romance in their games for a long time since at least KOTOR but I feel like they started with the, the options were very minimal. There would be like two, maybe three options. And 
they were the characters that you would expect. You know what I mean? There's a handsome dude. There's a beautiful woman. Um, but they have been like since then kind of like realizing that people are like, no, 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 we want to date everyone. If it has a conscience, like we want to, we want to fuck it. Like, please give us that, you know, so you get more and more like characters in, like in um, Dragon Quest Inquisition, like Iron Bull, who's this like massive dude with like giant horns, um, alien looking dude. You can romance him. Like, I think they're realizing that it might seem ridiculous to the average person that you would want to date Rex because of how alien he's lo- he looks, but but no, I think people do like, so yeah, I think that's a great, great pick. Yeah. And imagine how emotional it would be on Tachanka if you're like with your space boyfriend and you're like curing the genophage together and like leading the, the Krogan people in, into a, a new prosperous era. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Oh man. And see, now I'm imagining all these side stories where Ashley doesn't kill rex and then you get into a relationship with rex but ashley gets really jealous and then she kills him in the third game and then you you have to go after her and you know hire me but by where hire me for the next (laughs) these ideas are just there you know yeah yeah, yeah. you could have them joe is yeah uh, yeah I mean, for money, please. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, hire Joey, but yeah, you can have his ideas for money. <laughs> yeah, it was a fair trade. I think people would would love a mission. Well, see, but that's the thing is again, like, I love those ideas, but I feel like game companies and again, maybe this speaks to CD Projekt Red's something that they should be commended for is they're willing to spend a lot of time and money on side quests that no one will ever maybe see not no one but like so few people will see whereas other companies i think they look at the analytics and say so much of our audience most of our audience only does the main story stuff so why spend time and money on side quests and i think cd project red is like because we want our game to be good we're proud of our work you know so CD Projekt Red, hire me. Bioware, yeah. hire me. Some, someone. I will help you make your side quest more substantial. Ideally, a bidding war between the two so that Joey yes, gets paid as much absolutely. money as possible. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, would love that. Um, but my... Sorry, is that all, uh, yeah, all about Rex? Anything oh, else? Yeah. Okay. And he's also... He's he's cute in his own way. You I know think so. Little, little Cro- eyes. Yeah, well, those big, strong arms. Yeah. You know? Like, I love, if you've ever been hugged by someone way taller than you, which I've had the privilege of having a few times in my life, it's incredible. Just to be, like, imagine getting a big hug from Rex. Oh, oh, incredible. I don't think I have, now that I think about it. Um, it it's good. You should not find, that I'm, find some I gotta, Yeah, I gotta go find some. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Jordan. Um, it's like... Wow, how did you get past my bodyguard? <laughs> the fence in your backyard isn't tall enough to stop me. That's not important, but you're tall enough. You're yes, unlike your fence. Yeah. You're tall you enough to just... hug me. Shaq would hug me. I think Shaq would definitely hug me. And he's he's so huge. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um Yeah, have, we didn't talk about this on the episode. Not to get way off fucking track, but like now <laughs> I'm thinking about Rex in a romantic way. What is in their suit? Like if you took their suits off, What's that hump behind their head? Is that like a life support system? Is that the shape of their body? Well, don't they keep like 
Am I? Oh my God, and I, I now I I wish I could access all of those like Codex <laughs> Krogan anatomy things. Aren't the, isn't it like like nutrients and stuff? Like it allows them to survive. Like it sustains oh, them I in really harsh right. environments. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So so is it? Do they just have like a regular flat back, like a human, and then that's like a built-in backpack or something? Maybe I don't know. I think. This just speaks to the fact that we need to see more Krogans naked, naked with with, exactly. Shep- with yeah. Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Multiples, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> the queen or yeah. whatever she was, like that. Oh, that, like, Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The matriarch. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. she was great. She was, she was real. She was spicy firecracker. Yeah, she she um, took Rex away from us. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's what, like you said. Like I don't know what their dating rituals are. Like maybe oh. polyamory is a thing. So. Well, I hope so. I was also thinking though. Do you remember that cute Krogan in the second game who is reciting all the poetry to like yeah. his Asari girlfriend? Like, wouldn't you love that? A Krogan just reading yeah. poetry to you and like exactly. charming your pants off? Oh man, <laughs> sounds great. Literally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first pick is also from Mass Effect and I'm going to start with this one because it's the one that I know that you know because we, when we, when we talked about it, um, we decided to save our choices for the podcast, but Paul was like, I know one that for you. And I was a little surprised. I was like, really? Like, who? Who? And then he mentioned Edie from the Mass Effects trilogy. And I was like, oh, fucking duh. Like, we went on and on <laughs> on that episode about how if Edie was an option, I absolutely would have romanced her probably the first time through. But even if they had added her, because they give her... So, so Edie, for anyone who hasn't played those games, is an artificial intelligence on your ship uh and and she's put there and she starts starts in mass effect 2 right so she's put there by cerberus in part to quote unquote help you or like assist you she kind of runs the ship she kind of is the brain and the heart of the ship but she's also put there to spy on you so she's she's kind of an enemy um but when you rescue the ship when you save the ship and and rescue it from cerberus you rescue her and she one of the things I love about her is that she has a conscience. I mean, she's a she's an AI, and I'm a sucker for these kinds of stories, which is why in Blade Runner 2049, there's a, a subplot about how, you know, the main character is struggling with his identity as an android and feeling human. And then there's this further layer because he has this AI companion who he is getting some kind of, like, love and affection from. But he's wondering the same thing about the AI companion that humans can, you know, think about with him. So it's adding all this like complexity and these like classes of like consciousness and awareness and everything that I love. But Edie is a perfect example of like one of the sci-fi like artificial intelligence, but she begins to develop consciousness and morals and she's funny. She's obviously fucking smart, but brilliant. Um, she can she is a ship kind of you know if that's your thing it's not my thing but i you know i'd (laughs) I'd give it a give it a whirl you know for her um and she can turn into anything so she gets a body and the body i think people would say like of course you want Edie. she's like this beautiful sexy like stereotypical but like that that is a part of it but she says in what at one point she can that body that she's in is made up of like these like nano machines and she can turn it into whatever she wants. So like any body type, any whatever you wanted, 
she could be that thing. Um, and they don't do that probably for multiple reasons, but, but she could, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. She's again, she's so funny. She's a badass. I always had her with me in, in combat. She's super capable. So yeah, Edie, definitely, definitely stupid joker. <laughs> and it seems like that one seemed cruel a little bit because they made her into such like she's the ideal woman she's smart and funny and sexy and blah 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 and you can't have her and i'm like what i am so happy as you pointed out on the show that joker that they're together they they fit together really well joker deserves to be with someone you know who makes him happy she deserves someone who makes her happy but also, do we need a pilot? You know, if we have her, what if what if something happened to Joker? I'm just saying, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous galaxy. Yeah, maybe he goes missing, and who is there to comfort Edie? You know, right. and her time of grief. You know, but exactly. old, old Joey Shepard. <laughs> Joey Shepard, exactly. <laughs> you can rest your virtual head right right on the shoulder. <laughs> Just so and it made it it made it especially hard with the ashley thing because then later on during like the parties and stuff i'm secretly silently pining after Edie, who's like still sort of because in her humor she's a little flirtatious like even though i mean it's not like she's like coming on to me but she's part of her sense of humor is again just being sort of flirty and like poking at you a little bit and so we're having these little moments during the party and then ashley comes over and she's like hello dear and i'm like (laughs) no yeah yeah you wake up next morning oh good morning you're like i wish where's where's Edie? i need to (laughs) he's not racist (laughs) this does make me wonder though because like in the third game you can actually do things to like sabotage her relationship with joker and i wonder if there's a playthrough if you had known that that would be like something you could do to romance Edie, if you would have gone out of your way to like be like i don't think you're right for one another like you shouldn't go you know i am not gonna i plead the fifth i'm not gonna incriminate (laughs) myself because that would make me a really bad person if i did that And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, you're like Joker was saying how much he hates you, and he's like, "Why? I'm such a great pilot. Why do we have this AI on the yeah. ship?" I saw him looking at this other ship in the dock, and I mean, I don't know if that ship has an AI, but he he, was, he seemed pretty enamored with it. I think your name was Schmeedy. Schmeedy. <laughs> Schmeedy Schmoskov. Yeah, he for fun he just calls her Better Edie. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bd for shorts um yeah 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 i probably would have done it let's be honest i probably would have sabotaged it i well it depends because if it would have given me too many renegade points because of the mechanics of the game i wouldn't have done it because i'd have been like no i've got to go full paragon but um but I would have done a lot to romance Evie. Let's just let's just say <laughs> you wouldn't have cured the genophage. What, yeah, you would have let the Quarians kill all the Gathians. <laughs> yeah, whichever ending, whoever needs to die at the end, me and Edie for life. Like you... there's an ending where everyone dies, but I get to transfer my consciousness into an AI like hers, and we get to start a new galaxy maybe i'm just hey like i said this is all hypothetical not you know you're like you're like using those little lights at at like air, air 
port runways to like ferry the reapers into the massive victory <laughs> earth this way they're like, they're like not like saluting me on the way like thanks thanks buddy thanks a lot. oh man yeah i love ed um what's your what's your next one well in keeping with um sexy you know delightful ai companions that are unfortunately out of our romantic grasp i am picking nick valentine from fallout 4 i knew he was gonna come up yeah yeah because like i think there have been companions and other you know things and like romancy options and other bethesda games other fallout games but fallout 4 was where i really really yeah had a companion with me all the time had adventures all the time and most of them are romanceable in in some way um and nick valentine was my guy and he was with me all the time and he's like super cool and funny and like just also like a top-notch companion he helps me hack stuff and it's like very cool and i wanted to romance him very badly because i'm like of course we're you know we're we're out in the the wasteland together we're bonding we're growing and learning like let's make it official lo and behold he's like one of the only companions that you can't romance under any circumstances what the fuck you can romance edie or not edie sorry uh uh, curie who's a floating who i did i did romance curie curie's a, a literal floating robot she's just a regular like droid and she does get a body later that's part of like the romance is you can get her a, a, a humanoid body like valentine but like you can you can literally romance the floating robot with you and you can't and his name is valentine what the I fuck know. <laughs> and he's like a cool like hard-boiled detective like why would i yeah. not want that god damn it <laughs> that's that's such a good i feel like that's a famous example there were so many people that were so mad about that and i'm sure i would put money down i put all the measly amount in my my savings account or my bank account to to say that there's a mod out there that lets you romance him but in the base game yeah you can't uh i thought that same thing like i when i met him so i always i almost always romance the lady characters i'm playing a version of myself and i'm straight so i usually go for for the women but i was like if i were to experiment a little bit i would definitely go for him and then the more i played through the game i was like where i'm not getting any of those little prompts of like romance or flirt with him and i was like oh my god he's not you, I was so shocked by that. And like, again, I didn't technically lose anything out, but you know, I wasn't surprised when I heard lots of people being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this seems like the main character to romance for right. people who, who want to romance the, the dude. So yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. Would he have been your like number one choice in that game? Yeah, I think so. Cause um, yeah, I, I, he was, I wanted and I want in that game, like whoever I romance to be like the person that like is my companion throughout the game. Because yeah. I don't like it. I, I hate, we, we've talked about this before, but like, I hate in Skyrim, right? You marry somebody and like, they just lose all of their identity in the world. All like the independent things they were doing. And like, they move to whatever house you're at. And they're just like, they're maybe running a general store. They're just like hanging out with like your adopted kids all day. And I'm like, that, that sucks. Like I, I want, as you say, not the romance to be in kind of an end of their story and our story, but like 
part of the bigger thing. Like we grow yeah. together and like the romance plays out throughout the course of the story and, and, and sort of develops. And with that in mind, I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I want them as my companion. Cause then like we're going through, you know, much like Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss in the mummy sequel, we're going through a whole new adventure together. And, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing it as a couple and having a great time. So yeah, he was definitely my first pick for that reason. Yeah. I like you said it's it's hard because I'm I'm the same way like if if someone's going to be my partner it doesn't matter if they don't fit into the party it doesn't matter if you know I'm I'm not a fan of their abilities or they're they're a weak link or anything they're in my party they're like by my side but exactly like you said in Skyrim I remember hearing like you can get married and they move in with you and everything and then I was so disappointed because I don't remember who it's been a long time since I played Skyrim but whoever I married she was like this warrior woman and she's like a strong warrior adventurer and then like you said i get married and she's like in my house just like griping all the time and i'm like i didn't really marry you for you to be like this like housewife you know what i mean like it's just it was it was very disappointing and i'm hoping you know because if you look at bethesda games they have gotten progressively more they're in integrating romance more and so maybe starfield make a little colony little family you know what i mean i think that would be that would be pretty cool my next pick is from persona 5 so slight spoiler for you because i know you're gonna be playing persona 5 but it'll just be a heads up so you don't you don't have the same heartbreak that i did so there's a character named sai nijima and so one of the main characters one of your party members is makoto um and it's her older sister and so i understand why you can't romance her she's an adult you're a teenager but like you know let me you know that's not well actually hold on i say that you can romance your teacher (laughs) you know you can romance your doctor so you know what never mind throw that out of the window like in the fantasy and the fiction of this world high schoolers date adults and so why the fuck can't i date sainijima she's makoto's older sister she's a high power public prosecutor so she's like this very professional woman she has like this like um dark uh, very again professional but stylish looking suit she has like ashy brown hair reddish eyes she's cunning tenacious she's ambitious she's feeling a lot of pressure because her your uh, makoto and her dad died and it's one of uh, japanese games are filled with orphans and so they were orphaned and so she had to raise her younger sister and she has this really high pressure job and of course the work culture in japan is very severe and so she's under a lot of pressure pressure so she does end up being sort of a temporary enemy of the phantom thieves uh and but the great thing about that is that she has a palace and so you get to go into her palace and there's the alternate you know evil version of her who's in this like sexy black dress and she has like thick eyeliner and she has like a big lady d hat and like black lipstick and yellow eyes I'm finding that I have a thing for yellow eyes because Lady D has yellow eyes. Um, but so so you get those two, like the kind of evil goth version of her and then the very professional sort of stoic version, who is a good person. Because, again, once you go through her storyline and and do her stuff, she becomes an ally and she's like she really wants to help you and and she cares about you guys. But she's just so like sharp and a little scary and again i'm starting to find out when the more we make these lists i never thought of myself as someone who has a type but like apparently like (laughs) really like strong intimidating women 
<laughs> kind kind of my thing, I think. Um, and she's that. She's again, she's super independent. She's really strong willed, um, and and she would probably make me feel, you know, a little scared sometimes. And I think I like that. So, so Sai Nijima from Persona Five. Yes, a spooky love that never was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe when you play, well, we're obviously, so we're we're having this recurring segment that we're calling. Baywatch, where when you play a game, or maybe when I play a game too, where there's like romance options, we're gonna do like a Baywatch to see who, who we romance. And so maybe when you play Persona, you know, number one, I will absolutely be curious about who you who you choose to romance. But uh, we'll have to see if you're as heartbroken as I that we can't yes. can't romance this baddie, or if like much like me getting eleven items that one week in Halo, like weirdly in my one playthrough, they let me romance her. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I would be, I would, I would. At that point, I would be like, I, re- I thought Paul was an honest person. I really thought he was one of the few people that I knew that I could rely on to be honest. This motherfucker. Um, no, but then. I- Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say then I would start questioning like everything. I'm like, did he even play Mass Effect? Like, <laughs> you know, he kept calling it Ass Effect when he was yeah. <laughs> kept getting all the names wrong. Yeah. <laughs> which which one's Garrus? <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, Mashley. Yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> Oh, Ashley, um, I, I'm really committed to social justice, and uh, I love yeah. how, <laughs> yeah, you know, just not racist she is. <laughs> her, 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 like, constant acceptance of alien, you know, of racism. aliens, yeah. What you a know. sweet girl. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, what's your what's your next uh, unrequited love? Your next bay yeah, that got away? The bay that got away in a galaxy not so far away. And an oh. old Mass Effect again um, <laughs> <laughs> is um okay. So yeah, this is all right. So this next pick is Samantha Trainer. Now, Mass Effect fans, before you come at me, um, yes, um, Samantha Trainer is romanceable in Mass Effect, but it would require me to play as Fem Shap. And one thing. I learned about myself in coming back to Mass Effect is as much as I say I want to try new things, I really just want to play through the exact same way I played through it <laughs> <Exactly, yeah. laughs> over and over again. So um, for that reason, I was not able to uh, date Samantha Trainer, And what a bummer because she is super cute and very funny and the third game does so much to like kind of dish up like great moments with her as a character like using her her toothbrush and like the citadel dlc to like that. open the door yeah. her like hitting on Edie because Edie is like a really sexy That's voice so funny yeah oh man or her, so good her being obsessed with like strategy games and like yeah. uh yeah uh like playing chess with you in your cabin and stuff like oh my gosh so yeah i am such a huge fan and yeah, this last time through the those three games, I just really came to appreciate in that third game how awesome she is. So yeah, she is definitely on this list for that reason. 
Yeah, a, a glaring omission now that I think about it. Because I think when we first start, we were first talking about the list, we were just thinking of characters who are like impossible to romance. But then we opened it up a little bit to, well, it was impossible for us to romance. So this is a great example of that. Technically speaking, yes, you can romance her, but she was closed off to us in our playthroughs for obvious reasons. So I felt the same way. She's so fucking cute. She's a nerd. She's awkward. She has like that like awkward charm. And... She, she, you know, I know this is like a dumb American thing, but she has such an adorable British accent. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. yeah, she's that's a great choice. She's she's definitely up there. And I I did sort of the same thing with her uh, that I did with um, Judy, which I'll talk about in a minute, where I didn't know that she wasn't because I played Mass Effect 3 right when it came out. I didn't know that you couldn't romance her. So I was trying everything and I'm like, <laughs> am I making the wrong choices? Like, it seems like we're really getting along and we're kind of flirting, but she just doesn't seem there's like, she's not going over, I, you know, I'm quote unquote friend zoned or whatever. Uh, but no, she was, a, she ended up being a great friend, but I was, yeah, I was heartbroken that, that I couldn't, couldn't date her as well. So that's a, Great choice once again. <laughs> to make us sad. <laughs> yeah. Just adding adding to my list. Yeah. I'm like, well, gosh. Well, especially in your what it, how nice it would have been in your playthrough of most recent playthrough of the third game where like I'm not Rescue with Tally. Yeah. And then yeah. like me not getting to be a Tally means you get to spend the third game with, with her. That would have been so perfect. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it. <laughs> I feel like everything, every list, every time we go through one of these lists, it's going to always come back down to, remember when you dated Ashley? That's like that bad ex that you have that your friends were all like, we told you, man, we knew that she was bad news and you went ahead with it anyways. Uh. Anyways. (laughs) You're like, at least I I died. Yeah. And and this next pick is not going to make me seem any better. And I I'm I love that that we just talked about the side mission too because people will know if you played through this mission, Cinder Man in um, Cyberpunk twenty twenty seventy seven. There's a character named Rachel Kasich. Do you remember her? Yes, I do. She's like the producer of the segment. Yes, and I wanted to romance her so bad it seems <gasps> bad she's whoa! such a bad person whoa speaking of like an <laughs> ashley williams she's such a she's a huge bitch she's so immoral and unethical she's this producer for this big tv corporation and she absolutely puts like you know i, I you could say she's career oriented if you want to put a positive spin on it but essentially she's thinking of the ratings she's thinking of the money when she thinks that you're starting to talk this dude out of doing the crucifixion, she like pulls you aside and she's like, you need to stop putting these thoughts into his head. You're, she says, quote, you're threatening my investment. So she's like really callous. Yeah. She's impatient. But to be fair to her, I'm focusing all on the negative stuff. The positive <laughs> stuff is she's very hot. And that's about it. Like she has this like hot red faux hawk uh she's like very professional looking but like punky of course like cyberpunk she's like the stylish suit which again maybe i have a thing for stylish suits she has a choker i'm a big fan of chokers these like big round glasses freckles uh it's like it's my aesthetic like 
they it's the worst possible thing because i'm like i'm so attracted to you but you're such a bad person so like <laughs> i wish because it's because it's the fiction of cyberpunk and and night city and v is not me because obviously they keep reminding me that he's also not like a perfect angel i could see myself being like you know we're gonna we're gonna you know just I don't, just one night stand two night stand kind of thing <laughs> so so yeah so obviously she's not on your list because you weren't like oh me too but um but yeah rachel rachel Kasich from cyberpunk 2077 i wish, am, wish it could have what an incredible pick i did not see this coming <laughs> at all i mean i agree she is a cutie and um her glasses i remember going like yeah that's good that's yeah. good <laughs> that's a good look um yeah unfortunately as you say all of her other qualities really <laughs> really would be yeah, a, a lot to manage in a relationship but uh, yeah wow <laughs> well this is exciting i know i had no idea that was that was coming yeah. wow <laughs> yeah i i didn't know i felt like 80 percent sure that you were gonna be like surprised but 20 percent of me was like maybe maybe he's also gonna be like yeah she's on my list but no <laughs> you're much you're a much better person than i you you didn't date ashley williams you wouldn't have dated race rachel Kasich, so i i won't deny she's 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 not a cutie though you know like she yeah. is she is I, I get it joey i i don't i don't like i don't approve but i definitely i i can under i can understand i if i uh, if we lived in night city i think we would maybe have to have some talks about like <laughs> you know i didn't say i would be i said a one or two night stand okay this would be a fling we're not getting married yeah and it's not one of those things where i'm like i can change her you know what i mean it's not it's not that thing so i crucified a couple of guys for her you know like what yeah yeah, you know and maybe see that's now i think people are listeners are suspicious they're like wait a minute you said you did it because of johnny silverhand i promise it wasn't i wasn't trying to impress her i knew i already looked it up i knew i couldn't romance her so even though yeah now i look back at it, she's like oh my god thank you like she's way nicer to you if you agree she's it. very nice yeah <laughs> this means so much to me in my career i would have sex with you if the game allowed for it but and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> hey man, CD Project Red is changing a lot about this game. So I'm just saying, if you if you're listening, CD Project Red, any of any of you, and you want to add that as just a little little patch in the future. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be a full blown DLC. Yeah. You know, just a little patch, you know, a couple of scenes. <laughs> yeah, just you know, a little a little smooching. Yeah, you did um, that one night stand with Meredith Stout, who's in the game for like two seconds. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> Mass Effect had one had you could um, I don't remember her name, but the reporter you could you could hook oh, up with her. There's yeah. hook, there's you can hook up with people. So Diana Allers. Yeah, The Witcher Three had a hookup with um, I'm forgetting her name as well. The the witch in the early Kira, game. Kira Metz. Kira, yeah, you could yes. you could have a one night stand with her so like come on man her quest line's super cool though the the tower of the mice where you yeah. like you encounter like the plague well okay you know what you inadvertently created the perfect segue because my next pick is from the witcher 3 oh and it is none other than philippa eilhart oh shit yeah. what a good choice what a good choice yeah. i i was thinking of the witcher but i was like i, I all the people that i want to date i can so i'm like 
I, I, I just totally forgot about it. What a great choice. But sorry, tell us. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us about well, why. as you're describing your type, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Philippa would be perfect. Super mm-hmm. powerful, intelligent, has all these schemes going on. You never know, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, what, what, what her intentions are. And uh, she's very, like, sassy and, like, she can be really funny and cutting, like, as well and has, like, a very tumultuous... Like, she's an ally, but she also has, like, a very tumultuous relationship with, like, Geralt and Yennefer and Triss and everybody. So, like, how, yeah, like, how exciting would the game be, like, to to sort of be in a relationship with her, see the world, like, from her perspective, and, like, to get, like, an insight into, like, everything she has going on. How different would, like, the ending of that story be? Oh, my gosh. And she's so sexy she can turn into an owl oh my gosh you know the list goes on and on yeah as to to why i'd be interested you could kill radovid together and like a couple goals you know spoiler sorry (laughs) (laughs) but like but uh yeah oh my god um yeah no i I would be so into it yeah that's that's a great that see that's something I was going through all the games, and like I said, I there was I, they're obviously glaring omissions because I think most of yours so far. I'm like, let me just add that to the list of things I should be mad about. But yeah, <laughs> just as you said, she's very she's beautiful, she's powerful, she's mysterious. Um, I don't, I mean, even in the end, like I don't know that you would say that she's like a good person, but I think again, that's kind of a CD Projekt Red thing where they create these worlds that are filled with moral grayness and stuff like that um but yeah that's a great choice i also want to look up another character so tell us a little bit is there anything else you wanted to add yeah you could also i think what's cool is she plays like a major role in the second game so we could get like a cross game romance with her as well which um you really only have with tris because yennefer isn't in the second game at all and so shares up there so that's another reason she would be great um it would also like i feel like create really funny dialogue options with deekstra because they were like famously a a couple and and things didn't go well which is why it's like i need to kill her (laughs) she tried to kill me now i need to kill her and yeah the being in the a hilarious awkward position of like well we're kind of together so like if you would not that would be <laughs> right <laughs> that would be nice and you'd be like ooh <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing is like again like i wish so you know we we're saying that we want to romance these characters but i feel like again there's different degrees you know what i mean like with her yeah i wouldn't mind being her side piece you know what i mean i feel like she's got a lot going on of course if you're Geralt, he's got a lot going on too but Geralt is no stranger to promiscuous sex or like casual relationships so i feel like it would work out you just visit each other every now and then like when you're in town kind of thing um do you have other witcher 3 characters on your list because as we were talking about this i thought of one and I had to go look up her name because I couldn't remember. But now I have I have a new entry. Yeah, th- there are a few, but who's yours? Who are you thinking? Mine of? from the Blood and Wine DLC, Anna Henrietta. Yes. Oh, what a great pick because you can I romance totally her forgot. sister, kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when when they introduced her, I was like, I took a screenshot. I posted this to Twitter. She, I swear to God, she's modeled after Avril Lavigne. Like her face, like her face, the way it's shaped. Even she has like a mole in the same place. Like she looks like a lot like Avril Lavigne. And I say what you will about Avril Lavigne's music or personality. I think she's very attractive. 
again, I think it's like the punky kind of thing, but um but yeah, she's like an Avril Lavigne looking royal. She's very like elegant. She's a little obviously like power, you know, she's obsessed not with power, but like with like nobility and like she's a little snobby and stubborn and stuff, but she's she turns out to be I think mostly a pretty good person and and she's like again a little mean to Geralt so I'm like yeah. maybe that's a part of it I never realized how much I want someone to be mean to me uh in like a playful kind of way yeah um but she's she's really smart she's a great you know she's very capable again as a leader I think so so yeah I'm going to I'm adding her I'm che- I'm cheating and sneaking her into your discussion of Can I can I add another one while we're doing yeah. this cheating Regis Do it Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have a close friendship, but if Geralt was like, bye, how amazing would that be? Or exactly. like, or like Detlef, like if you're more into like the bad boy, who's like, like he's kind of like your Heathcliff. Like, if yeah. Regis is like your Regis Philman. <laughs> Maybe if you're like Conan O'Brien. I don't think most people have the, the relationship with Regis Philbin. But, um,. <laughs> no, but he's he's more of like a an even keel like kind of supportive presence in the game, whereas Detlef is all like intensity and fire, and you're kind of afraid of him because he'll turn into like a scary vampire monster and like yeah. send an army of like vampires to attack your city. Which what a cool sequence, by the way. Also, yeah. a badass Henrietta Anna, Anna Henrietta moment where she like literally, who else does this? You see, like just. The, the moon is suddenly eclipsed with like a thousand flying vampire monsters and she's like fuck this guy like let's <laughs> like, like, let's let's do it and she right. doesn't skip a beat it's so good oh man yeah, <laughs> yeah see making me making me love her even more um but yeah see i love you know being spontaneous like we can be rule breakers throw some stuff on the list um but yeah outside of Anna Henrietta, because I'm not going to count her. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I am. She's like on my official list now. But like, my next official entry is from Stardew Valley. Ooh. And Stardew Valley, there's lots of romance options, and I can romance the people that I most want to romance. But I have to say, when I finally made it out to the Calico Desert, and I walked into the shop there, and I met Sandy, there was a part of me that was like, "Damn girl, look at that hair! Like she's got this like wild red hair." She's got this beautiful blue dress and it looks like it has like stars or like galaxies on it or something. I love space. I love stuff like that. Um, And then like she's kind of flirty. She has like a southern charm kind of thing where she'll she'll call you like handsome and stuff. I I don't remember if it's handsome specifically, but she'll call you like sweetie or something. And then she's talking about how like lonely she is and you can bring her like flowers and she'll be like, you look thirsty and she'll give you some cold milk. Um, And then at one point she says something like. Uh, if I didn't have this shop to run, I'd come back to the valley with you for a day or two. Just you and me on the old farm. You have to visit me more so that I don't get depressed. And I'm like, I want to. You know what I mean? Like, please. Like, I, <laughs> I, you can, you can romance so many people in that game. I'm like, why can't I romance her? You know? And they're setting it up, and, or, or at the very least, it's like DLC where she then becomes romanceable. Yeah. Like, okay, now let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> come out exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and you can give her gifts and stuff like that and, like, you know, increase your relationship. So, and I don't think she's seeing anyone. She doesn't mention anyone. So, she's always in the shop. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's not like, oh, I was visiting my 
my side piece, you know, on another farm, <laughs> just the two of us. No, exactly, just you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Ah. Well, dang. I have to, it's not on my, she's not on my list because I'm not as like Stardew literate as, as you are. But um, Jacqueline mentioned Robin as another, yeah. you know, another pick for sure. Unless that's on your list, in which case I'm sorry. No, no, it's not. But I, I wouldn't, you know, she, I, she could end up on my list because Robin is like one of the first people that you meet and she's so nice to you and she's like helping you a lot and she's very pretty and she's again she's very skilled so she has this like you know she's great at building things and so yeah it's like immediately i was thinking because i knew you could romance people in this game but i went in otherwise fairly blind and so immediately i'm like "Mm, robin like maybe that you know candidate number one and then she's like, this is my husband. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, how well, do you feel about polyamory? Like, right. Well, and you guys well, have like an open relationship. Well, doesn't he? He has a weird thing where like, if you try to romance his daughter, like he gets really weird about it. So it makes you wonder yeah. if he has like a weird like <laughs> thing going on. But yeah, get him out of the picture. And yeah, Robin, Robin would be yours. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that I didn't romance Maru is because I heard that it gets really complicated with with uh, her dad, and I'm like, ah, man. Um, but you know, Robin, I think Robin would be a great choice. Uh, do you have anyone from Stardew Valley on your list? No, everyone. Okay. I, I you're pretty early. Worry. I'm pretty early, and Penny is the only apple of my eye <laughs> at the moment. So I I feel like until I see that romance through, I. I would be un untrue to my 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 current goal <laughs> of, of of being her bay, yeah, <laughs> or just I, having I, I someone say yes to me when I ask them to dance at the bar <laughs> festival. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I know they couldn't even respond. They were just chucking chucking up their eggs or something. I yeah, <laughs> that's scarred me for life. It's it's so funny how like it's it's it feels as impactful as like truly in like seventh grade asking a girl to dance and her saying no like i was so like of course there it's just a dance it's just a dance we're just pixels just dance and they're like Ugh. couldn't think of something worse to do thanks oh, God. this thanks, is like Haley. i know i know and this is like i felt this acutely as a middle schooler but like i feel like both media generally and my parents were like what's the harm just like ask somebody see what happens the worst they can say is no yeah and you're like yeah exactly (laughs) that is the worst you're right i don't want that's that's going to scar me for life and it did and it did it did did then and it did now when i played stardew valley (laughs) even when they do it politely no offense i don't want to dance with you i'm like okay i'll just i'm you know what i'm just gonna go throw myself off that cliff like i'm i'm done fuck this game this is gonna become death valley now i'm gonna go drown myself in salmon berries yeah. i'm gonna haunt your asses see how you like dances now with a ghost hanging around yeah you'll hear my my they say every flower festival you'll hear, hear someone weeping <laughs> deep in the distance and it, it's me every, my yeah if you ask someone to dance and they 
they accept, you'll hear just a loud wail from <laughs> from nearby. That's the only way they would make it worse is if like they did it so like you ask somebody and they say no, and then just like anybody asks them immediately after they're like, oh sure. The mayor walks up and like, Haley, do you want to dance? And she's like, Oh fuck yeah, let's go. And you're like, ah, really? Linus crawls out of a garbage can and is like, Oh, Haley, you want to dance? <laughs> sure. <laughs> nothing against linus but what the fuck yeah i know right yeah i love linus but the townsfolk sure don't the townsfolk treat him like shit so you're willing to dance with the person who you like outcasts yeah and then this new young you know want to be friends with everyone and you're like yeah threw up in my mouth and Haley's like but it's just a dance i mean like someone would have to be really repulsive for me to not even dance saying all of this yeah to him within your shot of you well, see, the thing is, we keep using Haley, but Haley early on is very mean. Yeah. But like, it would be like Penny or someone yeah. like really sweet to be saying that. Yes, exactly. Ah, uh, uh, good times. <laughs> <laughs> so, if not from Stardew Valley, then who who is your next pick? My next pick is once again from the 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 the, the romance well that keeps on 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 providing Mass Effect, and it is Samara which is an interesting oh. pick and I will explain why um because Samara seems like somebody you can romance and you can kind of romance her That's what I was going to say I thought you could But see here's the thing if you keep pursuing that romance to its conclusion it doesn't matter if you're male ship or femme ship you'll get right to the point where you're going to but then she totally shuts it down what and she says no because ultimately as you know joey romance like violates the justicar code which is like the the, the first and are foremost. you kidding me yeah yeah, yeah. you can't wow. have those kinds of attachments like the code must come first you know and wow so she totally shuts you down like she will entertain it and another thing that's interesting she's maybe the only character in mass effect that you have to have a certain like morality um like sort of um like accumulate paragon points or whatever to romance if you're full renegade she won't even entertain the idea Damn. and like turns you down so she says no to you then but then explains why and like that's it for mass effect 2 and the base version of mass effect 3 as well she's just like you know we were going to but we didn't interestingly enough and see this should be a model for all of these characters is that with the mass effect 3 citadel dlc and you know this is why you know <laughs> that wow. that's the dlc that keeps giving if you are just bold doggedly committed to romancing samara even though she shuts it down in like the second game and in the third game if you are so committed you get like the scene where you come together and it's like, oh, I'm still in love with you or whatever. And you kiss briefly and she still kind of shuts it down at the end of that. And she goes, just hold me. We can't do this, but like, <laughs> just hold me. But like, you can kind of romance her, but not really like, and it's such an interesting example. And no, and to make that possible, by the way, you can't even you know, affectionately sneeze in another person's direction. Like you have to be like bulldoggedly faithful to her as a character and like push through like, you know, sort of all those obstacles. But yeah, it's another reason why Mass Effect is so amazing because how many players saw that? Nobody. Like anyone who got to the end of two and through three, like the original game of three and, and they were like, oh, she's just not 
down with the romance. How many people were then rightfully like, I'm going to move on. And yet for the small number of players who, you know, were just like, I'm going to keep trying like that ended up happening, you know, and they ended up including it with the DLC. So, wow. And what's like kind of extra frustrating about that is she is so flirty from like the minute that she comes onto your ship. She's like coming on to you. She makes a pass at you almost immediately. Like she make I don't remember what the comment is, but it's some kind of comment to like, I don't know if you've thought about fucking, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's real subtle. Um, but, and so I felt super tempted, especially in the third one where again, I'm like, I guess I'm doing this Ashley thing, you know, but like, I, I was like, she's so hot again she's she is my type she's yes. really strong she's commanding yes um she she has she's super powerful she's a powerful magic uh, magical abilities um these the they're not yellow but these very striking bold eyes and features and everything and so i was a little tempted but i was like too late i'm already on the racist bus like gotta keep <laughs> going with the ashley <laughs> ashley thing um but it was a little tempting because she kept bringing it up like you'd go in there and she'd be like i don't know if you'd consider a hand job you know what i mean like it was like she would constantly be like bringing stuff up as like you know indicating that she's obviously interested in you so i can only imagine if i would have taken that bait and been like you know what fuck it yeah your eyes are just so beautiful like let's go and then she's like actually no never mind forget it like oh man that would have been but but as you said it's so fascinating to me that you can you can you have that opportunity so it's so i do feel like she's she almost doesn't count but for the vast majority of people as you said you don't have that option like you can't you know you can't and even when you do you're not really fully sealing the deal or like constantly well, she still rejects you she still right. says no in another life maybe yeah and like hold me you know hold me for this moment but other than that effectively you're not a couple you know and what's what's actually so interesting about that now that I think about it is that it, if it plays with gender roles a little bit, like if you're a male Shep, that the archetype that we're used to is the hero, the male hero who's so dedicated to justice, the, the Batman or whoever. Batman's a great example, like so dedicated to justice, like as much as he might want to love this female other, you know, this female antagonist or whoever, Catwoman or someone he can't because he's got he's just so laser focused on like creating a better world and fighting injustice and she's that you know what i mean we don't often see it reverse like that where she's the one who has the important job who's so dedicated to it that as much as she might want to get busy with you she can't and she's not going to she's not going to give it up like that i think that's a cool reversal yeah well and again like how they're actually playing with this trip that we're talking about which is like these are complicated relationships and sometimes it isn't just like if you talk to somebody the player gets what they want it's like a character really asserting her own agency and like ultimately being the one to, to yeah. set the terms for the relationship so in, in this case it's like a not bay character that like you know it's almost as much as it's a bummer to anyone who wants to date her um it, it's almost like way more interesting that she is the way she is and like makes yeah. the choices she makes yeah for sure well, great pick once again. Like I, you, you were picking people who I didn't really think about too much, but now, well, especially with her, I didn't think because I thought you could because I was fooled because again, she's constantly flirting with you and making uh, like overt passes at you. So 
I think she so, stepped yeah. on you once while leaving the observation. There was one time, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I heard you muttering that you want me to step on you. So if you just really quickly. And this is going to sound really creepy now. I shouldn't even say this. But like, I like people stepping on my back. This yeah. started with, with Ron way back in the day. Like, I remember hearing something that like, if someone steps on your back, they'll crack your spine. And so we would do that. Like, when we would like hang out, it'd be like, oh, my back really hurts. Can you step on my back? And so, like, which, by the way, we're not advocating this. Like, I know it's it's really dangerous. Um, if you slip, if you put too much weight, if you step the wrong way, you can really hurt someone. So please don't go stepping on each other's backs without being cautious or careful. But now I'm like, now that Lady D has come out and that became a whole thing about step on me, mommy and stuff. And I, I myself make a lot of jokes about, you know, women stepping on me. I'm like partially wondering if like people from my past look back and they're like oh that's what that that's what that was about he said his back hurt but really he was he was getting off on me stepping on him and it's like no i promise which by the way i'm not asking random people this this makes it sounds like half of my contacts list is stepped on me that's not true only a few people but well this is it doesn't help to you that the first scene you meet samara she um she's like fighting that other Asari and she literally steps on her neck and says find peace in the embrace of the goddess and like kills her yeah. and you're both like and she says like heels on you're like oh my god I'm both intimidated but also so totally right. yeah. I'm kind of sweating yeah, yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> yes punishment um. <laughs> but uh my my next pick is from another Persona game, so I'm like you. I'm I'm returning to some of the same series, but in Persona Four, there is a dating mechanic, and there are a number of characters that you can date, but one of them that you can't is Margaret. So as I mentioned in the Persona games, there's a, there are the, there's a shared. Uh, it's called the Velvet Room. It's kind of this like place that's in between dimensions, and you go there, and that's where you like fuse your personas and draw your personas and deposit your personas and stuff like that and there's always igor who's like the master of the velvet room and then igor is always the same but he'll have an attendant and in every game there's like a different attendant and in persona 4 it's margaret and she again i'm seeing i'm seeing some patterns but like <laughs> she has this like royal blue outfit it's like a, a one piece dress kind of thing or like blouse kind of thing with black leggings with like big buttons um, but it's like buttoned up it's very professional looking she has platinum hair fair skin and yellow eyes there's those yellow eyes again um, she's like regal and elegant and soft-spoken and firm she's smart she carries around this book called like like grimoire i think it is um, so she's like this wise and beautiful i don't know if i would say matronly is like a thing but like women who are almost like ephemeral like their their status is like high again like lady d um i guess that's very attractive to me i'm starting to to realize but she's mostly just very calm collected wise uh they make comments about how beautiful she is in the game um she she can get like angry and lose her temper at some of her younger quote-unquote siblings so all of the velvet room attendees or attendants are uh siblings i guess which is a little weird and confusing but uh, which i don't think they're real siblings i think they're all sort of interdimensional beings but they call themselves siblings so she can get like really angry at them because they're like younger than her and stuff so she's kind of this like older sister type but 
she's incredibly powerful too so again i think power is one of my things but like she's one of the optional bosses in persona 4 golden i think i don't think you can fight her in the base game but in the expanded version of persona 4 she's like an optional boss after he's either at her at the and she's like harder than the final boss she's like so fucking hard so she's super powerful um and then at the end of persona 4 i only played persona 4 golden so i don't know if this is in the base game or not but if you're really friendly with her and she likes you she will give you a kiss and it's a, again a little creepy you know because she's an adult and you're a high schooler but again this this series doesn't really pay too much heed to that <laughs> um, but that's as far as it goes is she's she admits that she's has like a particular fondness for you and she gives you a kiss but you can't actually romance her and i'm like damn it <laughs> you know? God i think it. in persona 4 especially like i i ended up risei ended up being sort of my bay in that game um and i also dated uh yuki in in one of the playthroughs but i margaret probably would have been my top choice she's again beautiful regal elegant super smart very powerful oh what yeah. a great choice thanks yeah and again i I don't know her but yeah she seems like again it seems like a pattern is emerging and she seems mm-hmm. like spot on for like a perfect <laughs> romance option for you <laughs> yeah definitely i i think we're for my i have let me see do i have three more left i have three kind of three and a half more left um and i think a couple of these will challenge that type but one of them is like the absolute epitome of what we're talking about and also i'll save that one for last but but what's your next one sir so my next one um stepping away from mass effect for for only a minute um, <laughs> is a, a pick on jacqueline's behalf which is uh straight out she is straight out of cyberpunk 2077 oh. it is misty um so misty, yes misty. misty is jackie's girlfriend who um oh yes yeah. she is very cool like kind of goth character and um she's with you throughout like the entire story super helpful and supportive and like reads your tarot whenever you want her to and like she features into a lot of missions and um i'm a big fan of misty and i get for the story purposes like for the purposes of story why it would be totally weird jackie just died <laughs> and yeah. you're like hey you know? right but um again on jacqueline's behalf like we affectionately referred her as jacqueline's girlfriend while we're playing this game and you know she is like i think so very much attuned with uh everything that Jacqueline, you know, is into and a partner and um yeah, would be perhaps in a in a sequel after some time has passed and everyone has mourned <laughs> Jackie's death would would be a wonderful romant romantic option. So yes. For 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 Jacqueline, I say Misty from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Another amazing choice. I'm looking up to verify the voice actress. Yeah, it's Erica Lindbeck who plays a lot of I love her as a voice actress. She plays um Futaba in Persona 5. She plays a bunch of really cool characters, but immediately recognizing her voice was was appealing to me because I you know, she plays Jesse in um Jesse Raspberry in Final Fantasy VII Ooh. remake, which I love that character. I didn't count her because Final Fantasy VII doesn't have romance, but I feel like she would be a a, a perfect example of this because uh, you know what would the direction that they might go in is have cloud choose between Eris or um or tifa 
and Jesse wouldn't be an option, but I, I want, I want Jesse. Like I, I, Jesse was my choice out of those three, but, um, but what a great choice. Cause I recognize the voice. And then, like you said, definitely my style. I love that like gothy look and she's into like witchy stuff, tarot-y stuff. So yeah, damn, what a good choice. And she's really, really she's really nice to you throughout the whole game too. She's like super supportive, which. Yeah. There's such a sweet moment near the end where it's like, you're going off to this mission where it's like, you might die. Like you're probably going to die. And you have this, I don't even remember the, the, the exchange, but there was an exchange with her that I remember feeling, I got misty eyed. I was like, damn, like you, you, my home girl, Misty. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to get there. And I would just say too, it's sort of the El Tigre effect as well. We're in a world where there are so many like jerky jerks. Mm-hmm. Like when you meet characters who are like really nice to you and like, you know, are, are supportive. It is like an immediate, like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it's so nice. So the bar is so low that they can, they're just <laughs> nice to you. And you're like, I, <laughs> I, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Cause like cyberpunk 2077, like is such a dark, like there's, there's, there, there's so many like dark character stories and like people, you know, are, are like very like two faced with you a lot of the time, but far cry six is like, and even somehow un, like unnecessarily even worse version of that. We're like, Everyone in that game is so mean to you all the right. time. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get that, like, on the one hand, you're living in this country where it's under the rule of a dictator. So there's a, a num- there's an amount of cynicism that's going to happen. I get that. But you see people being warm and friendly with each other. And you're like, what about me? Like, I'm trying to help. Like, that's the whole point of my, that's my whole shtick is I'm trying to help you. Yeah. And everyone's so mean to me. Everyone. So then when you, you know, El Tigre comes around and he's like, hey, baby Tigre. You're like, right. oh, my, oh my God, finally. It's I like <gasps> oxygen, you know, for except, the. <laughs> well, except that like I was so, I was so jaded and like hurt that my guard was up. I was like, this guy trying to fuck me over. Like he's trying to get in. But there was a moment where you go on this mission where you like rescue this or you save this tank and he's being El Tigre. He's being this like this this little trickster in a way because he doesn't tell you it's a tank. He's like, we have to go rescue this old, you know, rebel, this old warrior. And it's a fucking tank. And so on the one hand, you're like this son of a bitch. But the way that he talks about it in that mission for whatever reason it was what got me and i was like no he's he's good he he's he's like my grandpa he's trying to help me so yeah i love lt ray no romance in that game but nope he but might he, be on the list he would have been on the list yeah. if there had been but in the meantime again we got we got misty in many ways the lt gray of cyberpunk 2077 yeah one of the grays i feel like for the vast majority of people i think we're the only ones who would get that like you'd say that to anyone they'd be like what how do those two characters at all seem the same but um sticking with cyberpunk 2077 and since we've already talked about her when we updated the list to people who weren't like completely unromanceable but just closed off to us Judy Alvarez, 100% for me. I played, a, again, I create, I try create my own character. So it's a straight white dude. Um, and I felt fine about that. Other than the fact that, again, like V is not like me. So I was a little bit, if there was a little bit of like discord there, but I didn't regret it all that much until I realized that Judy was a lesbian. And so I couldn't date her, which on the, on the one hand, 
I love that. Like you said before, I don't as much as I'm like, oh, I want to date everyone. I also understand that that diminishes their quality and complexity as a character because not everyone is bi. You know what I mean? And like, sure, as a selfish player, I want the ability to find like, oh, I like that. That person's attractive. I want to date them. I want them to be a whole full character, though. So if that means that they are lesbian or whatever, bi, poly, whatever, like that's what I want them to be. And so I like that games are starting to embrace that and that you have a character like Judy who's, you know, there's no, you can't like convert her. You can't change her mind. She's not, not everyone's bi. So like, I, I like that. And I also hate it because <laughs> it was like, again, I played cyberpunk at launch. And so, and I wasn't trying to look up guides. So I didn't know right away that you couldn't date her. I'm thinking like, I'm trying to get close to her. I'm like, go, I'm like, you know, I wooed and wooed her so hard. I spent time with her. We're going on missions. I'm like, hey, baby, I like your tattoos and everything. And no, she's like, yeah, we went out. So I love. So number one, let me just go back again. She has like a punky hairdo, you know, similar to Rachel from Cyberpunk, where it's like the the sides are shaved and she has like the, the hair on top um, and she's got like piercings and tattoos, which I love. So she's she's beautiful, is very physically attractive, but she's also again very capable. She's this like um she's a tech. She's the uh the brain dance tech. She's yeah. like this like renowned underground mm-hmm. independent. That's another thing. She's so independent. Like all these corporations have tried to recruit her and she's like, get the fuck out of here. Like I'm not I'm not a corpo slave or whatever. So all that really great stuff. Um she's like hardened by this twisted city. She was an orphan. But she's at her core, she's like a really good, caring person. There's this whole side mission that I don't know if you've gone on yet, so I won't say anything. With, Eve- with side... Evelyn? Yes, yeah. Yeah, she's like so fiercely loyal to her, her friends as well. Right, yeah. And, and that is such a, without going into it, like what a emotionally trying, you know, set of quests that is. And so it really yeah. endears you to her character because she's like really, you know, like in it for her her friend. And like you bond because you're helping one another like yeah do a thing and yeah no oh man oh so so i i i love her as a character she's she would be my absolute number one bay from that game if i could but by the time i got to that mission that you're talking about the scuba diving mission by that time i don't remember how but i knew that i couldn't romance her and so i had a very different experience with that mission where you're going down and you're like this is so lovely we're having such a good time and i'm going down and she's like that's the gas station where i used to and i'm like that's nice (laughs) i'm not not that i didn't care i cared but i was like it it was very sad i was like there was a i was swimming in an ocean of my tears metaphorically as i'm scuba diving um you cut the oxygen here's like right (laughs) (laughs) because you do still go on that mission and you come up and there's even a moment i think where the game allows you to try to make a a pass at her and i didn't take it because i knew and i was like i don't want to like ruin what we have because we were still good friends and we like we did spend the night together we slept in different rooms she like i think she like let me sleep in her bed and she slept on the couch or something like that um so like i wanted her to be my friend i wanted to be her homie you know what i mean but like it, it was it was that thing is like just knowing that you can't be with someone and you're just so heartbroken so so yeah judy has my heart but you know 
God damn it. <laughs> no, but you, well, not for you. Well, yeah, no, no. <laughs> but you got to be a Pan Am, who is a yeah. great character. I mean, not as great as Judy, and Pan I would Am's be great. incredibly yeah. unsatisfied if I knew that Judy couldn't be with me and was with Pan Am, knowing my right. heart went somewhere else. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But, but no, but yeah, like there is, yeah, there are great options, but yeah, I'm, yeah. To, to put it another way, my incredible satisfaction in being able to date Judy also makes me feel empathy for you because if I had been in that position, which I could have been because I didn't look anything up either. I just liked female V, you know, it was just like yeah. a very, you know, whatever choice. I would have been so fucking bummed out. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and part of me was tempted because uh, sh- uh, the voice actress for female V is another persona voice actor, Sherry, um, or Karami Lee. And she plays Makoto in persona five. Oh. And so I was tempted cause I'm like, Ooh, having a whole game of her awesome voice acting would be awesome. But I was like, nah, I got to make me. I got to make the bald white dude with the beard. And and so that that one fateful decision locked me out of Judy's heart. And uh, I'll for, forever be a little, little, a little salty about it. Yeah, well, but until New Game Plus, where you can you can maybe you can do it all, do it all different. And, and yeah, and then and then she's gonna be like, "You had a one night stand with who? Rachel, the producer? Get the fuck out of here!" And I'm gonna be like, "No, no!" <laughs> it's so funny. I did this to myself. <laughs> but did you see her glasses, Judy? She was yeah, wearing... she had to choke her in the glasses. Yeah, and Judy would appreciate it because like she yeah. she enjoys like very beautiful women as as well. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she would have been like, "Yeah, I could see it. I could see." It. Yeah, and you're like, "God damn it, Judy! This is why I love you." <laughs> yeah but uh no it was so funny because when i we were going to play halo and um i said i was going to be late because i was on a date with judy and i think tab because tab knew that i was dangerous was very mischievous because tab thought i rolled a male character yeah. it was like <laughs> yep. like when he discovers and then you were like nope <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I said something like that's a lucky son of a bitch or something and Tab was like oh just wait wait till he finds out and I was like oh no no there is no finding out like he's he's playing a femme v so yeah wait till he finds out that all of his dreams can come true (laughs) no uh, what what a great pick and yeah Joey for new game plus I'm so excited for you to finally follow your dreams and get to play as A, like with a voice actress from one of your favorite games, and B, then get to fall in love with Judy, which is the best thing in the world. So, huzzah. So, this has a hopeful ending once CD Projekt Red decides to patch the game with the new game. Yeah. (laughs) Please do. At least by, like, I feel like it's probably a fall thing. That's probably going to be in the fall, but like, that would be great for summer. If they, you know, May 15th, they were like, guess what surprise patch new game plus i'd be like let's go summer summer game here we go um but what's your what's your next which we were also speaking of like summer games we're probably gonna start playing gta again like over the summer so look forward to fun gta exploits over the summer but um what's your who's your next pick your next uh unrequited love yeah so i'm gonna go i'm back in mass effect and i'm gonna go with a fan favorite who like i think would be so interesting to romance and that's legion um wow 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, incredibly, you know, beloved character um, for Mass Effect. The only real, like, Geth character you get to know. But in a world in which we're romancing Edie, we're romancing Nick Valentine, I want to romance Legion. I want to see what it's like to date him, you know, and to, like, enter into this whole, like, sort of Geth perspective. And, like, what's dating like amongst the Geth? I don't know. I want to find out. And, like, obviously, Legion's obsessed with me, like, found my blown up armor and, like, wears it everywhere. So, like, and I know. And it gets all awkward when you ask me. He's like, <laughs> oh, it's, it was on the battlefield and I just, I thought it would be a good thing to put on my body. A likely excuse. Yeah, we just so <laughs> happened to run into one another at Whole Foods for the 14th right, exactly. time. <laughs> yeah, what a what a coincidence. <laughs> you were you're out to buy some pomegranates. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, Legion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that triggered another TikTok sound. Not, it's not pomegranate. <laughs> Have, give it another guess. If Jacqueline were here, she would, she would fill in the rest for me. Jacqueline has an ear for TikTok sounds. I murder, I butcher them. They'll get stuck in my head, but then I try to repeat them like this one, with the, which is a, is this British woman with a very posh accent doing an interview. And some guy, um, this interviewer points out that she has a slice of pomegranate and she, she's sort of like surprised, I think, that he didn't know it. And so she's like, no, no, it's not, it's not pomegranate. What, what do you think it is? Give it another guess. And he's like, oh, it's grapefruit. And she's like, oh, yes, yes. And it's like weirdly so charming and adorable. But like I butcher that stuff. And Jacqueline always jumps in and with like she remembers these things like a steel trap. She's like she can she can word for word repeat it. But um, but Legion's so interesting because he's a collective, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Geth are a collective and they do you get a little bit from the sense like from legion that they do there are there are at the very least two factions where one faction is like they want to um fight but then the other faction is like no we want more kind of peaceful integration with like the living beings but they're still like he says he talks in the we right like mm-hmm. i do think he does he does doesn't he shift to i eventually i think so yeah but like it's just that's so I didn't even I didn't even consider him. But you're right. Like he's such a one of my favorite characters, and I love that point. He is obsessed with. You. He's got a little N seven chest plate because he's like, oh, I had to repair myself with something. It's close to my heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's I love that one. And it's can got you a imagine too? Beautiful eye. Yeah, beautiful eye. Um, and like I feel like making love with legion would be like having sex with like dr manhattan or something where they're just like (laughs) all these hands yeah yeah yeah, exactly and you're like oh my god yeah yeah." and it's like we have and you're like and then you get really mad because he's actually doing something else in the collective he's like focusing on repairing (laughs) a space station i love we went to the exact same scene yeah (laughs) exactly yeah you're like okay now's not time to form a consensus on what to do about the quarians legion we're together you know be present you know (laughs) yeah uh now it's getting depressing Um. (laughs) because now i'm just fast sorry i feel like that relationship would be like the end of her where eventually he realizes that he can't you know exist you know in the same space as you and you need to transcend and you're like oh no (laughs) damn it (laughs) i'm just imagining you editing all of the valentine's cards you buy him to make them plural so like (laughs) you're the only ones you add a little s ones for me you know what i mean you (laughs) all have my heart (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, and then like in response, because he's such a great sniper, he just like shoots a little heart with um like Shepard <laughs> SNL. <laughs> um Shepherd Commander. Shepherd Commander. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, do you take Shepherd Commander into me? <laughs> 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 we do. Um, Ashley shoots him in the face at your wedding. Ashley, <laughs> 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 <No. laughs> what? And then she's like, everyone, oh. you try to romance. If, if you make the mistake of romancing her early in the series, she assassinates anyone you romance in the third game. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, she's waiting just off the distance while you're saying your vows with her shotgun ready. <laughs> I don't trust him, Shepard. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> Even if it's a human, she's just so so jealous and possessive. Yes. Well, it, no, only if it's a human who's also Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh Ashley, oh, she's Ash. gonna haunt me forever. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but I I think I I kind of deserve it, and I think people will will think that after this because I'm I have all of these entries on my list that are probably controversial and my next one is also very controversial um monica from doki doki literature club so i don't want to say much about why that's controversial so because it, it, again i and I, I this game has been out for years at this point and many people have played it but the like part of this game's appeal is in subverting expectations going in and so if i take that away I think for some people, if you haven't played the game yet, which it's still free on Steam, so if you want to check it out, you can do that. There, You can get it for console now. I think it's like $15. It's pretty cheap. So if you haven't checked out Doki Doki Literature Club, I highly recommend it. But I don't want to take away part of, again, the game's, excuse me, the game's subversion of those expectations. So I don't want to say too much about her as a character other than sh she's not the choice that you would probably think so this isn't necessarily a dating sim it's a little bit more of a narrative game but you do have the choice to date so there's three characters um yuri sayori and natsuki and you can choose to like romance one of them by writing poems and that would be the character that you would end up with if you you know took the, made the right choices and all that stuff monica the president of the literature club um you don't have the choice to romance her like she's very flirtatious with you uh, and she seems to want to sort of catch your eye and everything, but she's not one of your choices. But again, I don't want to say too much, but she's she's the president of the literature club. She's incredibly smart, um, ambitious, outgoing. She's kind of bubbly, but she's not like an airhead. Again, she's incredibly smart. Um, she's successful. She's like a really good like that, like perfect student kind of trope. And so, like I said, I'm going to end there. I know I'm being really kind of cagey and 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 dodging a lot of stuff but i'll just say that i could spend an eternity staring into her beautiful eyes so i'll just i'll just end it there mm. that's not not a great entry because again i'm being super vague but but i think if you played the game you'd probably be like what the fuck what's wrong with you like <laughs> so i'll just i'll just stop there. but uh but yeah what's what's your next pick all right my next pick which i think is my last pick from my list is um a final pick from mass effect another Ooh. fan favorite morden solace 
I thought I was wondering if he would show up because like you said, fan favorites, like people really, you know, he has that whole scene, but I would say also kind of a controversial pick, right? Because yeah, he has totally. a redemption arc, but totally. early on, not a great, not a great dude. Exactly. Which is why I position him as the like idea, like what Ashley Williams's romantic character arc should have been. You can enjoy with Morden. Yeah, you start true. off and he has this whole thing about the genophage and like this whole like kind of take on it that's super problematic and like he's not understanding it for like sort of the, the horrible you know atrocity that it is and then over time you warm his cold solarian heart and he sort of changes his ways and he like ends up you know ultimately curing the genophage and sort of writing this historic wrong and like reevaluating that part of himself and as that happens he he warms up to you you learn that he loves musicals and he has like this great sense of humor and you start bonding and then what a you know spoilers again unless you you get the circumstances in which um he lives, which is an actual thing, which is ridiculous. Bioware, man, you you yeah. are you are you're you're wild. But like, what a beautiful sort of tragic ending then for that romance as well in the third game, where he sacrifices himself. Not unlike you know anyone who romanced Thane, and you know kind of where that story ends up in the third game too. So yeah, that is my my final pick. Like that would be great and again like maybe an unlikely you know option but an option i think a lot of people would appreciate there was a choice and i think you referred to this the other day where you're you have to the conceit is that you can choose someone to leave behind but doesn't he have this great line where he's like it has to be me or something yeah the other day well yeah because it's like oh like you don't have to do this like why are you going up there to this knees yeah he says this thing that he says over and over again he goes it has to be me anybody else would get it wrong or whatever and you're like oh oh imagine if you said that and he was like the, the love of your life in mass effect and like that was your parting goodbye like how oh how devastating that's true because that's it there's that's so tragic in those situations and there's romances throughout the ages that are like that where you know that he's right and you also have to make that selfish decision of like i don't want to i think i want to keep you by my side but i have to agree with you and we both like we're trying to do our job we're trying to save the galaxy and it fucking sucks for both of us but you're right like i i have to leave you behind so yes dude this is like a I love you. I know, like iconic know, yeah. moment. You know what I mean? This, that we should Bioware. If you're listening, we got. I know that the game has been out for <laughs> in over a decade now, but like we, we've got like your your moment that you missed out on right here. Yeah. Oh, man, just hire us and come out with Mass Effect Remix. That's what you could call it. It's just <laughs> like we're gonna go through. We're gonna make certain characters dateable. We're gonna really actually give ashley a redemption arc because i was lied to she doesn't she doesn't have like you said she doesn't have his redemption arc she has a she's not as bad like that's <laughs> that's like her arc it's like, oh man she's super fucking xenophobic yeah. and then she toned it she down a little it. yeah she doesn't she's learned to not not be so open about it 
but she still got the bumper sticker like if you saw her <laughs> and personal like, when you wake up in the citadel dlc she'll still like whisper something racist about what like yeah. um <laughs> what like uh liara said to her the other night she's like oh that squid lady came up to me and you're like oh god and you roll over yeah <laughs> she's like mumbling in her sleep like oh the tentacle head oh, <laughs> you're like oh no oh, oh damn it and imagine too you get like a cute little mission where you're like on the beach with morden looking for shells because like he's gonna do that after he retires and like oh amazing yeah. um, or you go to like a show together you go to like a gilbert and sullivan show together uh, it'd be amazing oh. that would be amazing yeah i'm so one of the things that i, I it keeps coming up but i'm hoping that maybe summer for you you get to play knights of the old republic and that's an early bioware game with dating and again options are fairly limited but I wonder if then that means there are going to be characters that we're going to be updating this list or you're going to be like, oh, there was this character. So so stay tuned, everyone. Um, my last entry is the one that I said is kind of the epitome of everything that we're talking about. And I didn't I didn't add her originally because you can date her in a previous version, a previous entry in the series, but not in the game in question. So. Morrigan from the Dragon Age games. You can date her, you can romance her in the first game, and you can actually uh, impregnate her. Impregnate her, that sounds, <laughs> sounds a little, little sexist. <laughs> you can have sex and she gets pregnant. Um, and and then she like she leaves. She just like disappears into the woods. So she like takes your baby. Um, and then in Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the third game in the series, she's back, so she's not in the second game. She's back in the third game. Uh, you're not the same character anymore. But I still, when I heard that she was in it, I was like, oh, yeah, I felt a little bit burned by two because she was my clear number one choice in the first Dragon Age, which I guess let me talk about why, of course. So, so she's a sorceress. She's a witch of the wilds. She's a shapeshifter. She's goth as fuck. She wears like this like deep black cut top with like an elaborate like necklace. She loves jewelry. She's got like black feathers on one shoulder, like a full black sleeve. And then like her other arm is bare, but she's got like this dark leather strap on her wrist um, or like armband. She's like black fingerless gloves. She's like a black mage incarnate. Like she looks like this like dark gothy um, witchy, witchy chick. And she's got like fair skin and occasionally yellow eyes. So again, there's something there I never realized I had, but uh, this like dark hair with like bangs, very much like an emo thing for the time. She like the bangs that cover like the mm -hmm. one eye. Um, and she's like a hermit because she's been in the woods her entire life. And her mom is like kept her secluded away and would like lure Templars into the woods. So she's like shapeshift into like a young maiden and like lure these Templars in and they'd like kill them. She can turn into a fucking dragon. Like I am not into like I'm not like a furry. I'm not like into like animals, but who doesn't love options you know what i mean like she can turn into whatever you want kind of like Edie, um and i'm her baby daddy like from the first game so like i you know she was my clear number one choice and then in dragon age inquisition she's back and you can't romance her and i'm like what the fuck Ugh. man and because the other character that i wanted to romance uh and so this is where i said i had you know a half um so i'm not really gonna this is not gonna be my another entry but sarah Sarah is a rogue elf. She's got like trust issues. She's snarky. Um, and she's a lesbian as well. So you can't you can't romance her. 
So she was my like number two option. I was like Morgan number one, but then I found out you can't, you know, romance her. So then I was like Sarah number two, can't romance her. So Dragon Dragon Age Inquisition was not a fun romantic journey for me. <laughs> Didn't end up loving who I ended up being with, but um, but I couldn't date Morgan, and I wanted to so bad. So I feel like it's a little bit cheating because I did date her at some point, but in Inquisition, she's there. She's in your castle with you. You can talk to her. But she's she is unavailable. But she has oh. these great lines that I went and looked up, um, where she says, oh, "Well, actually, there's these lines." And then also, when I was trying to look up these lines, I found what I think was the inspiration for her. So, Dragon Age, the series, is you know your very traditional fantasy series, but it's all you know fictional and stuff. But it's obviously a lot of it's based on real world stuff, and I found this thing called it's a um it's from irish mythology this is from irelandinformation.com which i I don't know how legit this is but it says the morrigan is one of the most mysterious figures in irish mythology the name morrigan means phantom queen or great Mm. queen and describes a goddess from old ireland that was very associated with war destiny fate and death she was a shapeshifter and frequently appeared as a black crow an ominous sign for those who saw her prior to battle. Legend has it that Morgan was in fact a triad of sisters, often named as um, Babd, Maka, and Nemain. While the Morgan is also remembered as the triad of the land goddess Eriu, Banba, and Fodla, um, such was her influence over the land of Ireland that it is from Eriu that the word Ire and land developed into Ireland in effect naming the country wow um and so like and and if you look at the picture which is again i don't know where they got the picture from but the picture they have on this on this uh page it says the phantom queen who could shapeshift and it looks like she's got like the leather band on her arm like the gothic dress and the crow and everything so like this is like the perfect example uh of of the kind of character again she's a, a badass sorceress she's super powerful um she's aloof a little bit and again she's independent she has her own things she's so independent that you consummate your relationship with a pregnancy and she runs off and leaves you (laughs) (laughs) so um, but she's also sort of cold so like when you try to romance her in the first game she'll say things like like love is boring like i have no interest in like romance or anything so it takes a lot to to romance her um, but she has these great lines. She says, uh, you looked upon, you look upon the world around you and think, you know, it well, I've smelled it as a wolf, listened as a cat, prowled shadows that you never dreamed existed. Um, she also says men are willing, are always willing to believe two things about a woman. One, that she is weak and two, that she finds him attractive. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh. damn, she's spitting some truth. <laughs> um, and then she says she, so there's a character named Alistair who's I would say a divisive character. Some people really love Alistair. I did not like him. Um, And so she would like shit on him all the time. At one point she's like, how odd we now have a dog and Alistair is still the dumbest one in the party. So she had like a sense of humor. She was very like dark and serious and again, sort of aloof and socially awkward, but, um, but she's a dark sorceress, a dark priestess. And I am, I'm here for it. So so she is my my final pick. So here 
is our our trail of of sadness our long <laughs> long list of of unrequited loves the bays that got away uh and we'll probably update this in the future because we're going to be playing more games of course more games are starting to integrate romance stuff so we we will update it in the future but, for all um, for all the joy to come there will be many more more heartbreaks <laughs> roads untaken yeah, there, gonna be... <laughs> we have baywatch which is like what we're going to be calling our our small segments about you know who we're romancing in games we have to come up with a term for for this um where it can't be bay that got away watch that's stupid but we'll, we'll figure something out um but thank you for listening I that was a lot of fun. I'm I was yes. so excited for this episode. This is exactly the kind of video game conversation that I love to have, and I feel like you are the perfect partner for it. I think we we get into these big conversations about seemingly the silliest things that I think a lot of people are probably like, what the fuck? But I feel like a lot of people want to have these conversations. It's just not what you would normally think of. So thank you for joining me on this adventure paul yes uh, thank you for taking me i, I feel like jasmine <laughs> jasmine being brought on a, a magic carpet and you know shown a whole new world <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic point of view no, i can't sing too much i'm gonna get, get in trouble but um yes. uh, my singing is not good enough at all i think be, it's no amazing gonna... i think it's amazing we might only face some legal consequences if we sing too much of it right that's if, what it is if i know if i know one thing about disney they are famously litigious and yeah the the way i would not want to capstone a great episode a great conversation with joey would be to get sued by the disney corporation <laughs> well thank you. you you flatter me i i think that i'm so bad that that's why they would it would be like they're like it doesn't sound anything like it's supposed to but it's really bad so we need you to take it down we're coming for um, you <laughs> But thank you again for joining us. Congrats again to our giveaway winners. Those codes will be out very soon. Uh, like I said, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to announce our next giveaway of a physical PS4, PS5 game. So we will talk to you then. If you want to email us, if you have some bays that got away yourself, we'd be we'd love to read them on the podcast. So send them to us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com, which we know works now because we got a bunch <laughs> of emails for the giveaway. <laughs> Um, you can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Losperman. And before we go, I think Paul had one final message that he wanted to share. Yeah. Well, if you, dear listeners, are anything like Joey, one bay you do not want to have get away is Queen Meave <laughs> from Thronebreaker. She is incredible. She baddie? She, she is no. She's the main character, and she's a goodie. Oh, she is beautiful and strong and assertive. She's a queen, and um, she has an incredible journey that you can go on with her. If you're anything like Joey, anything like me, I'm sure you will fall in love with her. You'll want to see her succeed. You'll want to, you know, sort of again um, play through the entire game and then play it again because you just can't get enough of this amazing incredible strong beautiful sexy character queen meave thronebreaker check it out it's super good <laughs> write in about it tell joey about it get joey joey all hot and bothered so that he has to pick it up <laughs> and play it to, to, to sort of experience it for himself check it's it so out. funny that i never really thought like this 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 pitch of yours is usually to get the listener to play and i'm like <laughs> 
I'm completely oblivious to the fact that I haven't played and you're probably also partially talking to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I should get around to checking that out. Um, especially because we plug it, which, again, unpaid advertisement. Absolutely. We, we wish. But like we plug it every episode and I'm over here just nodding along like, yeah, people should play it. And I'm like, I fucking never played it. So so we'll go on that journey together, listeners. So Yay! please write to us. And speaking of our first actual kind of sort of giveaway which was started as a joke but is a real thing now if you send in fan art if you play or maybe again if you don't have it you probably wouldn't want to code but if you're interested in the game and you want to check out Thronebreaker, go look up some images send us a poem send us fan art a little drawing a sketch or something sing a song and we will get you a code to the game the yeah. first person who sends us fan fan art in some form We'll get you a code so. like even a, a love letter expressing your affection for your character that is its own yeah. you know art form in many ways you know oh yeah i i would i would say so yeah yes. absolutely so so do that and again stay tuned next week for another giveaway thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next week bye bye you're our bay that's getting away yes don't go away come back oh. to us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>